Welcome back to the Lost Joystick Network, episode 22. We have a new studio engineer. Yeah, why are we acting like this is like some big organized... <laughs> Other than it looking really cool, we're a fucking train wreck, Jay, so I don't know why we're acting like Jay's that. over here trying to be the new studio engineer. He's like pressing buttons and pointing at people and stuff, and I'm like, okay, roll with it. Let's go. Yeah, use take one. That's cool. Anyway, speaking of Jay, yeah, I am, I am your host, Mike, joined always by my co-host Jay. Jay, how are you? Amazing. How are you? Good. Watch the table there. You just bang the table. Those things those Saturn cases will go flying. Bow in the China shop. Not cheap. Not cheap. I don't why do you put all you put those oh, on I got the an table? Idea. I got an idea. Well, where am I gonna put it? I don't know. You got the Capcom logo behind me. All right. Yeah, well, you know, look, you're just gonna ooh. Bro. That one's got the what oh, was that? Shut up. I got this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll trust you with that one. I don't. This is the expensive one. Anyway, so, yeah, welcome back. We've been gone for, what, three weeks now, I guess? Oh, That's not like centered that. at all. You're, you're terrible. Look up here. Look at, look, there you go. Better. A little closer? Better. No, you had it. Stop. Okay, good. Right there? This one's got to come in. Yeah, come on. Slacking, man. There. Okay, good enough. Get with it. So we've gone about three weeks. Yeah, we're trying to get back into our bi-weekly we, rhythm. We will. We will. I, I feel like we just had to... I had to get back to this week. This is the week we need to do the show for me because it makes my life yes. easier from a post-edit pers- perspective. So, with that being said, it's been three weeks. I'm going to start with you. That'd probably be better because I'm going to be quicker than you are. Yeah, but I also, we also have to talk to somebody in this segment that we would not normally speak to at this point. But I'm going to start with you first because I know you don't have a whole lot going on with your collection or in life or anything, really. Wow, thanks. No, no problem. Okay. So, so like a total over to you. D bag. So <laughs> thanks. No, Anytime. I really I really don't. I don't have anything crazy going on. So um only things from a collecting update. I haven't gotten anything Super Nintendo. I'm slacking on that. I need to go over to Kyle's and get some stuff from him. Yeah, it was over at retro replayed. I offered. I know I need to go over there. I just haven't been over to Kyle's. Yeah, well, I need, yeah. Over, I need to go over there. You have to make time for your friends. I do. I miss Kyle. We Who? need to have him on the show. Who? Kyle. Which one? From Retro Replay. Oh, I know him. Kyle Mojito. Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Yes. Um, I did get, uh, I did pick up uh, a record from Jerry downstairs over the weekend. Jack's record stash, Flint, Michigan, First Street. Best place around. He's got a Discogs count, scoop it out. He does. Or scope it, whichever it is. I don't remember. I had to. Either way. That's whatever the young kids say these days. (laughs) But no, I picked up uh, Refused Shape of Punk to Come, one of my old favorite. They repressed it recently. So I grabbed that from him. Actually, I have three new records, not officially in hand, but they will be delivered tomorrow, Jerry told me. But I have uh, Run the Jewels 2, which I misspoke on the last show. I had gotten one and three, and I said one was red and black. It was actually translucent orange. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. I always assume that. Go ahead. Well, I mean, that's pretty safe. <laughs> some, clearly, it's a safe assumption. But I got that. Uh, so Run the Jewels 2 is going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. And he ordered me... The Cult, Sonic Temple. Fire. Amazing rock band. So, Fire. Yes, favorite song. Okay, I'm not liking it anymore. Um, and then he also ordered uh, a copy of Mr. Bungle's California for me. Finally. Yeah, no, I need to get on that Get one. good, poser. So I'll have those. Those are, they should be here within the next 24 hours. Nice. Other than that, I don't have anything. 
Well, I'm going to use that as an opportunity that during the intro, we would not normally call somebody, but we got to make a phone call. Done. So I'm about to do that. Let me make sure this is working. Are our levels good? Sound engineer. Looking good over here. All right, ready? I'm on a union break, so I hope it's good. Sounds good. Better. That's a bad spot for that. Yeah, it was. Hindsight's 2020. Oh. Oh, welcome to the Terror Dome. Robbie Coleman, a bit supremacy, joining us in the How Was Your Week segment. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> All right, good talking to you. It's... All right, see you later. I just let that one breathe for a little while. I wanted to toss in some kind of a public enemy reference, and that was the best one I could come up with. I thought it was all right. No. Yeah, it was all right. It was, I'm just, I didn't see you doing anything over there, sitting around, just watching. I was trying to figure out what the hell you were doing. Normally, you do the whole, from the windy cities of Chicago. <laughs> I wanted to do something different. This is what it's I get right. from deviating from the norm. It is. This is what happens. You know I don't like change. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Robbie, you're well, fucking my groove fucking, up, too. Uh, Whether it's the podcast or his underwear. I'll hang up and hang up and call back. Do over. Okay, yeah, let's do start so. over. No, no, no starting over, Jen. Okay, so... Yeah, we're going to talk to Robbie a little bit early. Robbie's got a, uh, well, a, you know, he's got some sorry. stuff to do. So that's fine. That I just gives more time for John. Oh, so we're going to talk to you now. We might talk to you again later. Yeah, because I'm getting progressively more lazy and it's raining really bad in Chicago. So oh, again, so this is just a nice hello and how was your week? And then maybe we'll have you <laughs> back on in a little bit with uh, John for our rating segment. This is cutting. Are you thinking kind of, this is cutting into Robbie's time? Yeah, it's kind of just me trying to punk out of this episode because I never once played guest. <laughs> yeah. You look, we do not have to tell people that. Okay? I've tried right, to not right. tell people, but you just put yourself on blast. That's fine, you want to put it out there. It's all right, man. I just wanna I just don't want any bias. I don't want any judgment. Too late. We gotta start the episode yeah. over, look, John. You, you think you can get no bias and no judgment with that mustache toting around Milwaukee, buddy? You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> There's no way. It commands respect. It does, exactly. People immediately are like, you know what? Whatever that guy has to say, I'm listening. <laughs> People that dominate with E-Honda command respect. Yeah, we'll talk oh, about yeah. that. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that in a minute. We'll get to that. So, so uh, Mr. Coleman, 8-Bit Supremacy, how are you? I'm well. I've Good. Been, uh, I've been what? It's been four days since I saw you last? I know. Five. It was, it was kind of crazy, like... When I came back, it was a very long drive that Sunday, and then Monday was like a waste. I should have taken Monday off. And then Tuesday, I got up, and like I was talking to you about something or somebody, and I was just like, yeah, I just saw them 36 hours ago. <laughs> it was really weird. Like I was like, I was just in Milwaukee. What happened? So, yes, it was uh, about four days ago. Uh, we were we were hanging out and uh, doing our video game thing that we do. Yeah, uh, albeit brief, I, my my appearance wasn't as long as Matty O's or other people you're hanging out with. So I really dropped the ball on us meeting a Galloping Ghost because I got 
fucked by Chicago traffic and getting out of work late. But it happens. I think next year, like, first of all, I think everybody's going to want to go next year. So I've been every person I've talked to is like, I'm going. Matt wants to go. Jay wants to go. Like, quite literally, every person I want, you know, that I've talked to is like, I got to go yeah. to this thing. So maybe next year we do the same thing and maybe you plan on staying a little longer. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Get a big crew at Galvin Ghost. That'd be awesome. We, we could take over. There were a couple of crews there, and I think that our crew could take those crews. <laughs> can we get, can we get LJN Windbreakers? We oh could. My God. I want us to so all good. have LJN Windbreakers. Windbreak- or members only jackets. What about like a satin like uh, starter jacket? Like, Let's do it. Like an old 80s LJN starter uh, jacket. Dugout jacket. Yeah. Hell yes. Finally, after 30 years, I can get four players to play NHL open ice at once. <laughs> well, <laughs> Matteo picked up Saturn Bomberman. Uh, for the U.S. Saturn. And oh, yeah. Now, like eight players or 12. something? And I said, 12. he said, well, I need more controllers. I said, we know just the guy that has a bunch of Saturn controllers and probably a couple of taps. So we'll bring that next time. We'll play 12-man Bomberman in the oh, fucking hotel God. room and live stream it or something. That'd be ridiculous. I would have to. We need twice as many friends as we have now. So we'll have to start there. We'll just start recruiting people downstairs. Hey, you want to come to my hotel room and play 12-man Bomberman? And they'll be like, I don't know what that means. Probably not. We have <laughs> we have candy and beer. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, tw- it's a 12-guy thing that we all play together. That, it's just going down. Yeah, they're yeah, like, no, I don't. Stop. I don't. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> just stop. I, I was told I can't go from, from the venue to the hotel. I was I have, I have restrictions on this ticket. Yeah, uh, they should look like 90s Hornets windbreakers. 10 player. 10 player says... Uh, Says uh, Kaylin. Yeah, two five port. I thought it was six. Why did I think they were six port? I wonder if um that Saturn Bomberman is the most multiplayer home game ever released ever. Twelve sounds like a lot. Like I I mean, obviously it's a lot, but like I don't know if any other games have tried for more. I would say for the era, I can't imagine that there's a game that would be support more than ten players without having more than one console. Like with a single console, that's got to be it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Without dialing into some kind of service or anything else, I just can't. I can't envision anything else that would have would that would support that many. So, but yeah, I think uh, we can we can hard, you know we, we can wrangle up the controllers and maybe we have to we have to do that. That would be that would be fucking stupid. That would be funny. It would we be, got enough people that would do it. Probably. Oh, we could absolutely get a couple more people. Your buddy Frank, maybe or whoever you know would come up and just yeah. yeah well, yeah. So they're six you, port each, but only ten player. Okay, so they are six ports, but they're ten player total, is what he says. Caitlin says. So next year it's going to be retro gamer. It's going to be. Hey, what'd you do? Uh, I went to Milwaukee <laughs> for the weekend to play fucking Bomberman. <laughs> we, had a, we had a Saturn Bomberman tournament. <laughs> I came in, in third out of ten. <laughs> in a hotel. In a hotel. Yeah, we go in there and just sit in the hotel and play Bomberman and like, you know, live stream it and rank it. That'd be amazing. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there's other stuff to do. So tell I'm me not, a little I'm bit. Yeah, no, good. This is all working out. I didn't want you to go anyway. There we go. Tell, tell me how uh, how everything went for you. I mean, we obviously you can start with the deal we swung, or we can. I can talk about that later. Up to you. Um, sure. I'll talk about the deal you and I swung. I picked up a complete in box Turbo Turbo Express handheld Turbo Graphics system in the wild, like a summer ago, with like. 10 Hue cards, two of which were Soldier Blade and Bonk 3. It was an amazing low, lot. I remember when low, you got price, it. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. For the low, low price of $125, which is what the guy quoted me after he said he specifically looked some stuff up on eBay. I don't know where he got that number. 
but he was about nine hundred dollars off. I was to say, was he looking on eBay from yeah. like two thousand four? Yeah, I don't know. He what was on he was archive.org. Doing, <laughs> yeah, it was like he must have looked up like two two games or three like power golf and something else and saw that yeah. they were like ten bucks and was like, okay, they're probably worth all that much. Keith like, Courage, this was the pack in. Two dollars. World class yeah, baseball, two dollars. <laughs> well, they're all cheap. A hundred bucks. That Dude, was probably one of my biggest scores last year that, for a long time. I, that shit doesn't happen anymore. That's like old school deal. No, right there. I remember when you posted that, and I remember just being so insanely jealous because one of the things that I have wanted since I was 16 years old was a Turbo Express in the box. I've only ever had one, and it was loose, and I got it a few years ago for my birthday when we were down in Orlando. I happened to walk into a game shop in, like, 2019. I think it was summer of 2019. I walked in, and they had a Turbo Express there. I was like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, yeah, it works. I'm like, I'll, I'll take it. He goes, you don't know how much it is. I'm like, I'm assuming it's like $300 because that's what they're going for. He's like, yeah, that's about right. I said, okay, sold. That, like, I'll take it. So, yeah, that was, uh, so this is the only one I've ever seen in a box since my cousin got one when I was 16. Same. Yeah. Same. I've, I've never seen that before that point, and I probably never, never see one again. Yeah. Um, I, the guy just hit me up. I'm one of those scumbags on Craigslist who says, sell me our video games ad. And the dude hit me up out of nowhere. And that's I, not a scumbag. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tactical. I do that. <laughs> it's tactical. I've been doing it for like four or five years. I've gotten a lot of really cool stuff, but that's probably the best thing that ever came out of it. Usually it's just resellers hitting me up trying to sell like Xbox 360 sports games for like way too much. But um, this guy, yeah, he sold me that lot. And I was like 125 bucks. This is insane. Brought it home. It works perfectly. Yeah. Like the screen's like a little, slightly faint, but like for, usually those things are like kind of fucked and need to be recapped or there's like a line out on the screen or something. So that was a shocking part to me that it just worked fine. There wasn't any battery, battery corrosion in the, in the, you know, back battery area. So yeah. yeah. So all the Hue cards worked and they all had manuals. He's like, oh, I threw away the cases at one point. I was like, damn. So Anyway. Oh, no. What a horrible deal this just became. Right, right. <laughs> Soldier Blade sells for, story, what, $200 loose? <laughs> it does. And I actually, that's a game I always wanted, but yeah. I, just, I gave up on it because it was too expensive. And now I have it. Yep. And now, since I got it, I haven't touched it once. Go figure. But now, you can play but it. now. So You could have anyway. Go ahead. point of that stupid story is that this is the pickup story. But I got that thing, and I was excited, and then I just threw it on a shelf for about a year, and then I just randomly was like, you know what? I don't care about that. Just like the same time I got a Sega Nomad and I was excited about it for two weeks and then realized I don't care about it at all because I'm just like, if it exists on console, I'm just going to play on the console. Yep. It's a cool collectible if you're a diehard, diehard turbo fan like yourself, Mike, but I'm not. And I just, it's just a kind of a curiosity novelty for me. So I was like, sure. I think I, I think I randomly texted you, not even knowing that you want it being like, I'm thinking about selling this thing off, bring it to MGC and putting it on, someone's table you probably milwaukee retro gamers table because that's what i did anyway or something else yep. but you mentioned i was it. like ah, i'm probably gonna sell it for 500 and you're like i want it i'll give you something for it so <laughs> I, I even said i was like i'll give you 500 for it i'm gonna see you there i'll just bring the money <laughs> like fine yeah sold. Like, i, I tried to make sure the trade i don't like i don't like no. the money thing with yep. friends so no, I was like, same. Well, it was trade fine. Something. let's trade something and then you hit me up with a um fully refurbished recapped turbo duo system. And I was like, well, that's a niche trade. If I ever heard one turbo <laughs> niche turbo console for in exchange for a niche turbo console, the U S so, turbo. Yeah. The U S turbo express for the U S turbo duo. It's a very common trade. You see it all the time. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah. So we traded that. That was our big trade. I don't remember even what else was in there. I mean, you fixed no, my thing. No, that is not the big trade. The real big it trade. Wasn't? No. What was in there? The real big trade was I gave you an OEM for, oh. for a replica for a repro. Remember? Yeah, you gave me a, the OEM Sega CD mounting plate screw. Because I fucking texted you one day being like, I bought a repro screw and it's bothering me. So you're going to have to give me that real one, please. <laughs> so Robbie, I, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie sent me his Sega CD model one to work on it. Needed a couple of things. Yeah, I remember that. So I got it all straightened yeah. out. I told him I'd bring it to him at Midwest gaming classic. So during the course of the conversation about the device, it comes up that there's a mounting screw that there's a mounting plate that goes to the bottom of your Genesis. Right. And that in turn connects to the, the Sega CD. Makes almost like a slide lock. Yeah, type. and it snaps in. It holds it in place. Now, there's also a screw that holds the actual mounting plate to the Genesis, right? Yeah. Robbie's didn't have that. And he was yeah, like... Yeah, we went over this. Yeah, we yeah, went over, we went over all, all Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the, yeah, the moral of the story is he was like, it was annoying you that you had like, you ordered one from eBay and you're like, you have to give me one of those. Because I had extras. He's like, you have to give me one of those OEM screws. And I'm like, deal. He's like, it looks great. It has like the patina on it or whatever we said. I forget. It's the patina on it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, repro screws. are. It's getting crazy, John. It's getting crazy out here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got 20, 20 years of like oxidation on the metal. Yep. Nice. Yeah, as far sure. as the screw goes, was there any difference between that one and the re, the, the, the repro? No. Yes. I, I think the shape of it was a little different, honestly. It was slightly different in shape. Very so, different in color and 100% different in texture. They're there not the same. It. It's just like holding an <laughs> NES repro cart versus a real one. If you held Dude, the real one, screw. but if you held the real one in your hand, you'd know it was the real one. It's just a screw. But it's not, though. It's the right, it's the right screw. <laughs> Look, listen, here's the deal. It's just a screw to whoever winds up buying that, that other Model 1 from me. It's just a screw. But for me and Robbie, it's not. Uh, Sean says... Sean says, are you a bad enough dude to play 10-man Bomberman? No. And then yeah, Sean, says, Sean says, I am not. No, I don't know if we are. We'll find out, I guess. We're going to see. All right, go ahead. So, yeah, we, that, was, that was the real yeah, big yeah. deal we swung. That was the deal. You gave me a bunch of bullshit discs that I mailed you a long time ago and forgot about to resurface for me. That look like brand new. Yeah, they do. It's wild. And not only do they look like brand new, but, man, you're getting some loot for those things. <laughs> some sure awful am. games. Yeah. Um, so. so there's that. So thank you for that. You're my, uh, you're basically my like trash compactor when I go get down with garage <laughs> the sales. The resurfacing plug. The resurfacing <laughs> plug when I get down with garage sales and intentionally pick up scratch bullshit. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's about it for our deal. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything else. I mean, you no, there, you got, you got something. We got one of the best games ever for the Sega CD. What are you talking about? Oh, well, yeah, in terms of my pickup. I was yeah, talking about yeah, our yeah. trade. Oh, that's no, yeah, our trade, that's it. So the pickup that I bought, I, I okay, so I showed up there, and I was with my lady, and I started looking at the floor, and I was, like, getting irritated because every time I went to go look through a bin, some, like, sweaty nerd would rub up against me and start, like, looking through it. It's like, it's like the thrift store thing. You're at a thrift yes. store or something you see, and then some guy, like, ooh. Wedges is in. Yeah, he wedges in and grabs at it. Yeah, or people just start, like, doing the whole, like, rubbing on you on accident because they don't realize their own personal space and their boundaries. So I was getting irritated with that and I couldn't find anything that was like on planet earth in terms of pricing. Cause shit was outrageous there for Nintendo stuff all around. Yeah. So I kind of just 
was asking people, like, have you seen a copy of Lord of, Lord of, Lord of the Thunder for Sega CD? And someone said they saw one here and one there. So there were two on the floor. One was like, he wanted 400 bucks for it, I think. So I just yeah. kept walking. It was ridiculous. And the other one in the corner, the other one in the corner was 350. I was getting sick of looking at the vendor floor. My lady was getting sick of me just wander, walking around looking at junk. And uh, we just want to go do something else. So I just offered all the money, all the money in my wallet to this vendor who had a Lords of Thunder for 350 in his glass case. And all the money in my wallet was 287 bucks. That's good, look, that's good. a good price for Lords of Thunder. Have you seen what it goes for recently? It's more than that. Yeah, it is. And I'm surprised the guy went for my deal because like, I yeah. offered 287 in cash. And he was like, I was like, this is all I got, dude. I'm not pulling your leg. But, I mean, if you don't want to take my 287, we're good. I can walk. It's not a big deal. I wasn't that thirsty. And he was like, well, you know, we take card. And I was like, yeah, but here's money but i have to give it to you and i'm not gonna so anyway yeah i kind of <laughs> was like no i don't want to do that and then he eventually just was looking on his phone for a while and then he just yeah. said sure okay well, well, one it one and done well uh, i know that, that one's been bugging you for a while i'm glad you finally got it that's kind of why i just want to get over that's why you go to those things just to get it over with like the, the one thing you've been looking for that's yep. been annoying you forever you just had pulled the trigger on it and i felt good about it no shame at all and i was like cool now i'm just gonna go hang out and do other fun stuff which uh, that parlays into segues us into going up to the arcade floor, right? Oh, before oh yeah, no, before we before I do that, as soon as I bought that Lord of the Thunder, I was standing in the fucking floor with people walking all around me, and I was holding it up in front of me to take a picture of it just to post on my Instagram account, like just pick this game up, et cetera, blah blah blah. And some dude walks up to me and he's like, he goes, "Hey man, are you Metal Jesus Rocks?" <laughs> and I just, I just busted out laughing because I thought he was joking at first. I just started like guffawing, and then I kind of realized he's serious. And I went, "Oh, no, man, no, no, that's not me." And he's like, "Wow, you really look like him." I was like, "No, I don't. I do not." <laughs> Did but, you punch this dude in the throat? No, but I, I would like, have. I just couldn't. I, I was like, "You just saw a dude with long hair, and that's as far as your brain went." Because yeah. I mean, you must be extremely sheltered. You don't see anybody with long hair ever. I don't know, but like. What did I say? You should, you should have like said yeah, and then like throwing a like a pile of lost joystick network stickers in his face. Yeah, that's me. Bam, and then just walked I off. Should said, I should have said yeah and signed something of his yep. like his metal Jesus rocks. And then before you left, just look at him and right dead in the eyes and go. By the way, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, very good. Yeah, that, uh, I forgot I about that. I also got a picture. I also got a picture with Pat Country. Uh, holding up a bad dude's manual. I saw that. You guys were doing the bad dude's that, pose. Yeah, specifically to send that picture to my buddy Nick that I grew up with who was always saying bad. He started the whole bad dude's thing, really, like trolling me and saying it's my favorite game. And now yeah. it's, it's a phenomenon. So It, it should be. Uh, that and aside coming. from that, I paid $40 to take a picture of the guy who played Kano in the original Mortal Kombat. They just, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was a great picture, though. They had the backdrop there, and he was like in full regalia. So, like, yeah, yeah, Robbie, Robbie, what did he? He brought something with him, right? He brought a little fake heart, but like, because his fatality is to rip the heart out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had a little fake, like, prosthetic heart, and yeah, we took turns holding it for multiple photos. <laughs> John says maybe Robbie's d- stunt double also doubles Metal Jesus. Yeah, we had that conversation actually a little maybe. bit. Maybe that's why the guy mistook me as him. He's like, yeah. holy crap, it's probably that guy. It's that guy from Rarity. <laughs> yeah, aren't you that Metal Jesus oh. guy that wears the denim jacket? 
you know, you like the band Ghost. So, so you guys went up to the arcade yeah, section. We, we need uh, to hear about yeah, this, I'm, just, I'm yammering on by my day, basically. But, uh, yeah, I took a picture of Kano when I walked in, bought a game, bounced up to the arcade area after I found uh, Matteo and Mike. And uh, as we were walking around the arcade floor, which was way smaller than it usually is every year because Galloping Ghost didn't have a presence this year, uh, some dude with, like, a video camera who was clearly filming some kind of YouTube video was just, like, hollering. He's like... Hey, hey, anyone who can beat my boy in Street Fighter 2, I'll give you 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And I was like, you just shouted that out to the wrong dude, man. I'm yeah. just gonna fucking step. I it was so it funny. Immediately. You kind of like side-eyed me like, is this motherfucker serious? And I was like, go. Like, yeah, we got a guy right here that might be able to help you out. <laughs> you guys both. The funny thing was, as soon as you guys were all like, yeah, yeah, he's the one. He's the one. Point at me. You can see the dude. Uh, the dude's friend who who's he's forcing to do this is kind of like, oh man. He starts to hedge. He starts because the guy's like, it's his favorite game ever. And then like he starts to hedge, like, ah, you know, this. What did he he said? So is this like a regulation cabinet or something? And I was like, what, like a like is this what what? Like it was yeah. He he started to hedge right away. So the it, we I looked it up and the guy they're on YouTube. It's Video Game Chase Crew and they do this stuff out of Chicago, right? Yep. That's a real original name. Yeah. Well, then he had the shirt on. I couldn't remember. And it's funny because I wound up finding them. There was a picture thread of like people who took pictures at Midwest Gaming Classic. And as I was going through it, I was like, those are the guys. And they were with Metal Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Full circle. Yep. It all came full circle. But anyway. So, so, if, that, yeah. so if that dude who mis- mistook me as Metal Jesus ends up watching their video, he's going to be like, wow. Metal Jesus is really good at Street Fighter 2. I lost a Metal Jesus. Wow, that's 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 something. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. God, it's yeah. so meta so, weird. Anyway, I, um, I guess we should. How's that going over there, Jay? I was trying to pull up these video game chase. Yeah, there's products. nothing on there about it yet, so don't worry about it. Oh well. So, so I, I, inevitably beat the guy. It wasn't hard. Oh, you hammered him. He was. He I was, guess. He, you were he Honda. He chose Ryu, and then did all the predictable stuff, and I just. Chosey Honda because I, a dude I go to whenever I'm uh, feel like I need to actually win something and just be a cheap ass. Well, and then when when like you would get him cornered and I'm like, well, that's the end of him. <laughs> like no coming yeah. out of that, buddy. There's there's no escaping the corner with E Honda. <laughs> yeah, so. you just slap the shit out of him with the yep. you know the slap thing, and then yeah. I, you slap the shit out of him while you're buffering, oh, yeah. holding back for two two seconds, and then as soon as you. You are done doing the slap move. You fucking you, you charge. flying headbutt. Yep, yep. Rinse, repeat, etc. You know, just spam shit. Anyway, I beat the dude, and the guy gave me twenty bucks cash, and I was like, "Fuck he yeah!" Paid. And I was gonna go walk back to the floor and buy a game with it, but then I never did. Paid you on the spot? Yeah, no. John says I know the chasers guy. That's not. It's not the same guys. This is this is a different. Peop- this is different people with a very similar name, John. So. Um, but yeah. Oh, it's not the, no, it's not the game chasers. No, 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 it's not them. So, uh, cool. And then that was pretty much it, man. Right. You kind of, we went up, I went up to the room and chilled for a bit and then came back down to see before we left. And that was, that was kind of the, the crux of your visit. Yeah. I mean, I don't really spend a long time with those things ever. I kind of just hang out until I usually go with my girlfriend every year, the past like four or five years and we're just kind of like, eh, we're, we're good here. Then we just go home. Because it's not like a big commitment for us because we're only an hour and a half away. You hit it and quit it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Valdor, like that. Valdor says, I feel like you owe the Lords of Thunder guy that 20 bucks you got. 
<laughs> I mean, look, yeah. there was a deal. There was an agreed upon price, and he paid it. He doesn't owe him anything. Yeah, but you know what? It is Lords of Thunder. Well, so if, I, I, if I had won that, if I actually won that little Street Fighter thing before I went and bought that game, yep. and I opened my wallet and said, here's all the money in my wallet, it would have included that extra 20, but the uh, that's not how the, the day went down in terms of scheduling. So No, it is not. No. I feel like with Lords of Thunder, though, that would have been acceptable. Oh, absolutely. To be fair, the back art on the Lords of Thunder has that waviness that's plagued. It doesn't matter, but it's still Lords of Thunder. Hold on, hold on. But I know a guy that can help you with that now. Oh, yeah, you're a Mr. Uh, Art Presser. I'm Mr. Fix-It. I'm Mr. Fix-It. Are we, we, should we we pronounce the uh, LJN game resurfacing and... Yeah, prettying up <laughs> all of your company. Non, all your non, uh, yeah, all your non restorative repair by Lost Joystick Network. <laughs> um, I well, think that was it in terms of your and I interactions before yeah. I just bounced and went back to Chicago. Just, you know, I, I had a good time. Oh, I did buy RBI baseball for NES complete in box. So that was another thing I, I picked up. Amazing. Yep. Yeah, banger. <laughs> Totes banger. <laughs> all right man well awesome that's it um well i'll tell you what well uh we'll drop you from here and then i'll try to give you a ring when it's a uh, ratings time yeah i i um that sounds fine i probably will end up sticking around i don't know we'll see just see see what's up but uh if you answer you answer if i answer i answer i should probably for my own integrity sake not answer because i don't know a single <laughs> thing about gex that's okay but, Dude, you got you got about a half hour. You can go watch, you can pop yeah, it in. Go watch, yeah, go go watch, watch a video. video in the meantime. Go All watch right, a video. All right. All right. Later. Bye. Hey, Pit Supremacy, Robbie Cohen, everybody. I like that the call dropped out because it never hung up. That was perfect. I sent some, John says I sent some discs. Where 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 I sent some games? Where are my discs, Mike? They're they're right under the table. I'm looking right at. I had, they haven't moved since I got them, <laughs> but they're here. I have them. I did take Super Nintendo games home and yeah, those them are up. long. Those gone. are looking nice. Those are long gone. Hey, I was watching the Heritage auctions. Uh, I think it was yesterday. No, Tuesday. Yeah. And a I think it was an 8.0 B or 7.5 B Vegas Stakes sealed sold on there. Guess how much it sold for. Water graded Vegas steaks, probably like a seven and a half to eight, eight, like B. 30 bucks. $46. Yeah, there you go. Okay. $46, everybody. All right. So I got one sealed. I'm sending it to Wada. Yeah. Well, you might not ever see it again if you do. So, all right. Uh, cool. That's all I needed to know. Good. They're here. Uh, They've gone nowhere, but they're here. I guess I should get into my week or weeks. Yeah. So I, I noticed that I had overlooked one thing last time we, we did this, and I actually added a couple things to the collection that I forgot to mention last time. Did you get those? I think these, right? This this one. The one thing right here, really. Did you get that before? I thought you got it after the episode. No. I got it before, but forgot. Oh. Anyway, we should probably tell people what we're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. So I got a really nice copy of Metroid on the NES from Marketplace. Oh. And I bought something else from the... Oh, Goonies. It was a nice boxed Goonies, but it wasn't as nice as the Metroid. It was the same person, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Very, ni- very nice lady who had like moved here from Arizona, and, and she had a bunch of stuff. She said she used to work at a pawn shop. She had a copy of Cowboy Kid with like a repro box, but the cart was real. Hmm. And that's like 
600 bucks now, something like that. I don't even know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I picked that up a few weeks ago. That was about a week and a half before I went to Midwest Gaming Classic. So, and then <laughs> I'm here for the suspense. Yeah, I'm here for the suspense. Okay. Sorry, so, let's cat out of the bag already. It was the Metroid. Yeah, it was Metroid. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, man. Build it up and then we just blow it out of the water. We could talk about how nice it is. So I'm definitely gonna be. have to put a I'm definitely gonna have to put a marker in this episode for when we talk about Gex because I'm probably gonna talk for the next twenty minutes about what's been going on in the last week. Okay. Right? Should I go get some more pizza? You can go get whatever you want, but I'm gonna talk for a minute. So what yeah, that's fine with me. I mean, you don't need my permission to eat pizza. I bought a number of things. We went to Midwest Gaming Classic, but you it, did. it was you got some cool stuff. It was much more than that. So it started basically Thursday night. Thursday night, I Harrison and I got in the car after he got out of work and drove down to northern Kentucky, and we stayed in a hotel down there. Uh, and then so we could get up first thing in the morning on Friday, take Connor. Um, you know, he took the day off school. Yeah. And and then we would go to Chicago. We were going to go to Galloping Ghost, where we would hopefully see Robbie. But obviously, spoiler alert, if you've heard, we did not. And uh, It's all Robbie's fault. It, it, well, mostly, yes. It's all his fault. And uh, and then from there, we went there, we went to Galloping Ghost, and we were there from probably noon central time until about six. So we stayed about six hours, and I waited for traffic to die down a little bit because we were going to go north out of town, and yeah. we were going around like, what is it, 295, or I forget, 495, whatever. The loop or whatever yeah. they call it. Well, no, up, like up and around the city. The loop is oh, down in the okay. southeast part of the town there, but this is, I'm up already kind of outside of the city and now i'm going around it but you're still dealing with chicago yeah. traffic on a friday night you are literally everywhere yeah exactly so we stay there till six and we had a ball man galloping ghost was amazing it's twenty dollars for the day if you add like another ten dollars you can go down the block to another location they have that's all pinball stuff and when i say they had like quite literally everything i mean like it was it wasn't it was insane like they had con they had video game arcade cabinets i had never even heard or seen you know like we talked about that time traveler hologram game they have yeah. that they have both of the sega hologram games i noticed that when you said because you yeah. sent me some pictures while you were there they had you know dragon's layer dragon's layer 2 space ace all that all the laser disc stuff they had how many how what was it 11 six slot mvs big red uh neo geo cabinets all loaded but like two of them were all the king of fighters there was all the fatal furies in another one it was just i mean there was a Beavis and Butthead upright. There's a Bonk's Adventures upright. Uh, Karnov and Rygar right next to each other. There was a Resident Evil Code Veronica like shooter game that like it was Japanese, right? That they had brought over and it had like these horrible tank controls that you used the actual gun to control how you moved. Oh, so bad. They had a Silent Hill one that was that was like a rear projection shooter, but it wasn't working. It had like a big drape with like spooky drapes and stuff and. Let's see. Oh, the Beavis and Butthead is exclusive to Galloping Ghost. That's amazing because that thing was really cool. I was like, the game is not exactly a lot of fun, but I had never seen that before in my life. They had R-Type and R-Type 2. Cool cabinets. And then, like, we saw it at upstairs at the arcade at, uh, at Midwest Gaming Classic. Robbie yeah. and I did. And he was just like, I really like that. I really like that cabinet. And he's like, now he wants one. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, he says that the Beavis and Butthead, they're the first ones to get it up running. It was a prototype. That's... I had no idea, but yeah, it's it's actually quite cool. So, uh, but we spent a lot of time there. I beat Ultimate Mortal Kombat three about four times, and like Connor and Harrison ran around and, and did their thing for, you know, like I said, like six hours. And it's you had reentry, so we went right down the street and got like food and stuff from the pizza place right down the corner, and and uh, you know we spent about six hours there, and then we got in the car, went up to Milwaukee, got checked into the hotel. It was it was the way it was arranged for Midwest Gaming Classic. If you ever go, okay. 
I cannot recommend enough to stay in the hotel, the, the Hilton City Center there in Milwaukee that's connected to the actual Wisconsin Center by the Skywalk. It was amazing. You would literally leave your room, and in like less than five minutes, you would never have to even go outside. You go down an elevator through the Skywalk, and you're basically at the venue. It was so simple. And like Robbie's like, oh, man, it's going to suck on Saturday. It's going to rain and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm, I wore a T-shirt and shorts all day because I never had to go outside. It, yeah. it stormed hard that night. And I didn't. I was like, whatever, not my problem. Like I'm, it was, it was just an amazing experience. Like we wound up getting two rooms. I offered space to other people, but they couldn't make it. And it was just a, the rooms were beautiful. Like I actually got like this really nice room. They had like shelves and a sitting area with a second TV. It was huge. So we would just like, you know, I, I should probably proceed with the story, but we get there, we get checked into the room. And then I, I messaged Milwaukee retro gamer, Kalen, who I think is on the, he was on earlier. I'm not sure if he's still on, but and I said, hey, I'm here. So I went down and kind of chatted with him. And we talked about, you know, like, hey, I'll see you in the morning. And the, the vendor area opened at 9. And yeah. and I didn't really do much else. It had already been a very long day. Like, we had we had left at 9.30 at night the night prior, Eastern time. Got to the hotel at, like, 2. Slept until 7.30. Picked up Connor at, eight, like, 8.30. And then drove up to Galloping Ghost and spent a day at an arcade, you know. So, and then we still had to drive to Wisconsin. Go somewhere I didn't know, you know, at all. And, and then we got checked in. So we just kind of went and said hello and... Yeah, the Hummingbird Suite, that's right. The other one was the Ambassador Suite, but the Hummingbird Suite was nicer, I thought. The Ambassador Suite sounds nicer, but the Hummingbird Suite was where it was at. Can I ask a question? It's a terrible question. No, please. I just have to do it. Yeah. Isn't Milwaukee Algonquin for something? I think it's um, Algonquin for the good land. (laughs) Is that right? I just had to. I'm sorry. No, it's Milwaukee. (laughs) I've never heard that before in my life, and I'm sure that... You know, Kaylin or Matteo never have either. No, um, never. I think that's right. But anyway, so we get up in the morning. You know, the, the vendor hall opens at nine. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that worried about getting down there. Well, I should say this. We had the VIG tickets. So we bought tickets for all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And essentially these tickets gave you early access to the vendor hall. They gave you a bunch of things. Like one of the things I got was this uh, Midwest Gaming Classic arcade pack. So if anybody's watching right now, uh, it's like an NES repro type game. It's a blue game in there and there's a number of games on it. So, you know, this was only available at Midwest gaming classic. What, what, what color was it? I, I'm not, I, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> well, you know, I thought to myself, <laughs> you're you, ruining, really? you're ruining my joke. <laughs> you're ruining my joke. Why do you do this? We need to talk. We need to talk more often up front about these things. Cause I was going to say, you know, like I, when I got it, you know, I, I I opened it up and I looked at it and I thought, well, what color is the cart? And it was it was blue. And I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> ah! Mom! Mom! Come that, to find out they're all blue. That never gets old. No, it me. doesn't ever. In fact, ever. I think uh, I think Kalen said it's his favorite as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So but we got one of these one of these with each admission. Right. So Connor and Harrison didn't give a crap. They're like, what am I going to do with that? So did they I don't realize they could have got a blue card. Possibly. They did get a blue. They all got. Oh, they, I remember oh. I just said they were all blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Just a heads up. They're all blue. Oh. So I wound up giving one to <laughs> Kalen, who was nice enough to give Connor something in return from his booth that he wanted. And then I have one. I, I, the other one is still uh, with me. I'm going to send it to Matteo. Uh, it's for him. So, but, uh, but yeah, so. We, the vendor hall was open to us at nine. Everybody else that prepaid that did, didn't get like the VIG package, but prepaid got in at nine 30 and then the whole thing opened at 10. 
And man, I'll tell you what, I got, I was like, nah, I won't get down there early. We were down there at 858. And there was a line of probably 50 people ready to go in, but you walk right in. Like there's, all you have to do is you have your name tag around your neck, right? It's like a lanyard type thing. And all they're looking for is like the yellow lanyard. So you just, everybody walked right in. So I just kind of walked in and started looking around and I really should have capitalized on that time more because holy shit, did that place get fucking busy? I was, I was like, Whoa, hello. What was that? Somebody just did something. Uh, Anyway, oh, Asa Burke liked our, our liked our stream. Hey, Asa. Yeah, what's up, um, buddy? So it, that place got busy as hell. Like, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm so glad, again, that I stayed at the hotel I did because Matteo came out. He shows up at, like, 11-something, right? Yeah. And I was already kind of over-talking to Kalen, hanging out at his, his, his table, and I, I met uh, his friend Aaron and then NES Matt, who was next to him. And I think I had met Matt before. I think I met both of them before, actually. But uh, but we kind of got to know each other a little bit better. And Matty was like, hey, I'm here. I'm trying to get through. There's, like, this huge line to get in. So he, <laughs> he tells me this story. He's basically standing in line, and everybody's favorite guy, old MJR. <laughs> you mean Robbie? <laughs> yeah, Robbie's stunt double. Is walking by. <laughs> so he's walking by and all these people start high fiving him and they're like, Yeah, hey, all right, high five. And he goes to high five Matteo and Matteo just goes, Nah. <laughs> he stalled him out on the high five. Oh and metal apparently Metal Jesus was just my like hero. confounded. Like he did not know how to react to that. So but anyway, so Matteo shows up and what I was getting to was after a couple of hours of walking around that place, it's a lot, man. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of things going on. And I was like, I'm going to go to the room. Like, I, I just walked up to the room. Matteo came with me. We were both just, like, oversensitized. Did you it, guys take a nap? Yeah. Spooned? We forked. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> your, your eyes just went like, what? <laughs> What's that? What's that? No, we... We literally just kind of hung out and, and talked and like chilled out. Like it was like, we just had to like come back down. Like it was just too much. And then we went back down there and, you know, Matteo had met up with uh, his buddy Greenshell, who was from Chicago, who had gotten a big Saturn lot and picked up, he picked up uh, the U.S. copy of Sega, uh, Saturn Bomberman and he wound up giving me his Japanese copy and uh, for nothing. What a good guy. Yeah, he's all right. He's good people. He does okay. So, and then, uh, yeah, we, I, I, I ran around, I brought... I brought money. I brought just in case money. Didn't didn't see what I was. I knew I wouldn't see, but was hoping that someday I will see. Uh, but uh, what was that? Nothing. So <laughs> the cart with which will not be named. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so went around, did some shopping that day. Went up to the room. Matteo came up. Kalen came up after the show was over. He had to be down there till eight because that was when the the vendor booth stuff ended. Um, <laughs> that level of fame high five psych out is devastating, says Sean. Yes, is it because Matty O was that cool, or because it's both? G- it's both. Copper Jesus yeah. thinks he's yeah. that cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plasticine Jesus. <laughs> I, I think Matty O's a bigger deal than than he is. Yeah, you got to watch out for Gene Green Shell. He'll come up behind you, says John. So well, it sounds like Matty O's doing some forking too. So yeah, who knows what's forking, going on in the, in the look in the hummingbird suite? You never know what's going to happen. Right. So Stay, no, what happens in the hummingbird suite so, stays in the hummingbird suite. So they have this like after party after the first night, right? Like the the that I don't even know where it was. I think it was right downstairs, 
and we had access to it and we had uh like you got like free drink tickets which of course harrison and connor couldn't use yeah. so i was like i'm gonna go down to that and so then you're i two-fisted it <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, but so we, I was, I was like, well, we'll go down to it. So I, I, I was talking to Kaylin and, and, and Matteo because they were going to come up at least hang out for a minute. And by the time we got to the room and got settled, I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay here. And it was a torrential downpour. Yeah. It was a huge storm. In fact, I was just watching, I think Riggs video, John Riggs was there and he did a video of it and I was watching it today and they went outside during that gigantic torrential downpour. And it was, there was like, the street was like a river. It was bad. Wow. So we just chilled out. Um, yeah, come on up. We got nectar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just went up and hung out, bought some beers down at the bar downstairs, like like you could buy bottles of beer, and I just brought them up to the room. Oh, we yeah. just hung out and had some beers and and chatted, and it was cool, man. Just it was like a just relaxed, and it was it had been such a long couple of days. I was like, I need to just relax and not do anything. So so did that, and then it's a hard life playing video games and shopping for video games. It was tough. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's very tough. taxing. It's okay. It's mentally taxing. But it is. It's not. It was all right. Was, there, it, taxi- there was it taxing on uh, playthrough two of Mortal Kombat or one? What? You said you beat it twice at Galloping Ghost. Oh, I'm I, back, I'm yeah, back a few times. A few times. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, they, uh, Matteo wound up going home. Kaylin went home. You know, I'd offered that they wanted to stay. They could, but they yeah. both they don't live very far from there. So they both wound up going to the house. And... You know, I just kind of crashed out, right? Like we ordered food to the room or whatever, and I just like we oh yeah, I had brought food for Kalen, like because you can't really have food on the vendor floor, so I like smuggled in a cheesesteak for him. Nice. And then uh, I I offered to give him like uh, some uh, refuge, like he, you know, it's like a ten hour day. You're standing on your feet, plus you got to set up and close down and all that. So I wound up helping out um, at his booth for a little while, not very long, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, and just kind of stood there and and sold the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two manual or something. I don't remember what it was, but. But I just kind of stood there and kind of held held down the fort while he uh, took a took a break for that too, and so that was cool. And and then, like I said, we got up Sunday, went downstairs, we got all packed up, went downstairs, went back to the vendor floor, which opened I think at ten again, maybe something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then I we had planned to leave right away, like you know I've got to get I've got to take Connor back home and then go back home myself. And you're going back to Kentucky. Yeah. From <laughs> Milwaukee. It was a whole thing, but like we how many want, states did you go through? Yeah, I'll get to all that. So. But uh, we wanted to stay in there till like 1130-ish, and I would like run around. Like, there are a couple of people there that I knew from other shows. Like, I met a guy at VGS uh, Video Game Summit last year. His name is Sam. He lives in Milwaukee. Good guy, tall guy, big Bucks fan. Him and Matty O uh, know each other as well, and just a good dude. And he and I have just kind of like, you know, every time I see him, we talk, and, you know, he'll bump into me and talk to me at the show and vice versa. And, and uh, went over to his booth and chatted with him, got to know his sister a little bit, and he was telling me what shows he's going to do, and... Something's going on outside. Maybe it's the the big yeah, what is that? the big Trace Atkins show. Maybe down the street. That shouldn't be, we shouldn't be able to hear that from here. No, we shouldn't. But whatever. Oh. Something's going on. But Either who way. cares? Um, yeah, he saw Sam rules. He sold me my porno NES games. Yes, I. That's true. He told him he sold Robbie his two Panesians. Yeah, babes. Yeah, bubble bath babes and uh, not hot slots. The other one. So, but uh, but yeah, good. Just just a really good guy, and I got to talk with him quite a bit and. And, and then, uh, like I said, just talked about where he'd be and, and, and we've just been chatting through Facebook and all that kind of stuff since then and hot slots. Yeah, that's the other one. But, uh, and then we just hit the road. Like I, we packed up and I had to go from Milwaukee, like from Wisconsin to Illinois, to Indiana, to Kentucky, to drop Connor and then up through Ohio, back to Michigan to get home. We got home at like midnight, 1230. 
you know. So pretty good time, then all things considered. You know, it was like a twelve hour round trip type thing, I guess, total. You know, and and that you also lost an hour because it's central to Eastern and all that good stuff. So John was there when I gripped the hot slots. VGS twenty eighteen. Man, back in the day. Back in the olden times when people would sell those things. Well, I take that back. There was a copy of uh, Bubble Bath Babes complete with the rental case and like yeah, how much was that? Six grand. Yeah, no. It was at it was at Forever Games, which is uh John from Rock'em Sock'em is friends with the owner of Forever there in Columbus. And uh he said he, he he Harrison's like, I'm gonna go ask him how much it is. Because we were leaving, that was like Saturday night, and I said, Yeah, go ask. So he goes over and asks the guys, like, hey, the guy, I think Patrick was the guy's name at, at, at uh, Forever. He was a nice yeah. guy. And he goes, how much is that bubble bath, babes? And the guy, Patrick's like, are you serious? <laughs> like, here's 19-year-old Harrison trying to buy, like, a, you know, ultra-rare porno NES game. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, $6,000. <laughs> okay, see you later. So you anyway. should have went and asked. Maybe it would have been cheaper. Maybe he uh, said that much because it was Harrison. He's maybe like, he thought he could get away with it because they thought maybe Harrison was like a U2 star or something. He might have. YouTube. That's the one, not YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. <laughs> Same thing. U2, YouTube, but, either way. But that that kind of like... Oh, by the way, Valdor gave me a call out for the Wayne's World joke. He's he Oh, yeah. That. No, it was good. I had, I had to say something just because yeah. that was... Well, of course. I appreciate him catching that one. No, of course. You porn? You porn? That's you porn. That's a site. That is a site. I mean, I don't know. Is it? I mean, <laughs> I've heard of YouTube and the other thing, but um, yeah, my son just texted me. Hey, Dad, I'm I'm watching your podcast. Hey, buddy, love you. So yeah, what's up, Connor? Yeah, uh, if he's watching and he wants to call to be on the show, by all means, bud, give me a call. And we'll get you on, okay? So anyway, but that just I just saw his message. So I guess I should get to what I bought and what I didn't buy because there was a lot of both. <laughs> It was a lot. It was. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't that bad. So I'm pulling up my picture because it's the best way to reference this stuff. Well, that's fine. So the first thing, the, the coolest, the two coolest things I got were to Jay's right, stage left here, is a Capcom sign that was uh, created by our good friend Milwaukee Retro Gamer Kalen, who I've referenced a number of times. It is absolutely gorgeous. We got to figure out where we're going to put it. That's its temporary home. But man, it is awesome. I can hear the Capcom sound in my head every time I look over at it. Like I just look over and I hear it. Like I can hear Street Fighter starting. Dun, dun, yep. dun, 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 dun. Like I can just hear it. So the so, combination of that and Robbie kicking that dude's ass with E Honda probably. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a good Street Fighter weekend all yeah. in all, really. So I got that, which was awesome. I picked that up from him. Got the Turbo Express, which Robbie talked about. But man, I, that was like, I didn't really hit me till I got home. I was like, holy crap. I've wanted one of these for like 30 years. Like I have a, I have one, but I've never had like the box and all the stuff that goes yeah. with it. And it was just like this overwhelming thing where you're just like, sometimes in life you get exactly what you want and it's exactly what you wanted it to be. And it doesn't happen that often. And I was just like, this is awesome. And it does work great. And it's a nice shape and it's just it like is. super cool. So I was super I have, in love with that. And I have a question with yeah. that just because you did end up playing it. Cause I was over the other night and I played it for a few while you were playing Gex and, uh, you end up playing it after I left because I, of course, went to the PC Engine games and you found Spider House on the Turbo section on the EverDrive. Oh, yeah. But um, I'm a dummy and I went to the PC Engine and I was like, there's no Splatter House on here. Yeah, Robbie says, good, because I didn't give a fuck about it. Well, good. I'm nice. glad. Worked but out. Question I have, because we're not, we're not ancient, but we're older, older gentlemen at this point in life. And, uh, you know, I was playing it. I was struggling, man. I was like, this shit, I can't see it. 
because it is a small screen. It's a very small screen. How, how'd that work out for you that night? Were you were you okay with it? I was, was watching. Good? I was watching you porn on my phone. I didn't even play with it. Oh, I thought you were. No, what, I'm just kidding. You, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> all the best games have you pumping gas. <laughs> That's so true. You know, like Ghostbusters. Um, I played it a little bit. He gave me an AC adapter that to to play it, which I was like in the hotel room thinking. I wish I had some batteries because it takes like six double A's and like a moron. I did not realize that he had also given me an AC adapter. I could have plugged it in and played one of the 10 turbo games that I bought at the damn show. But so, so here's, here's the deal. Yeah. I didn't even play with it. I'm, I'm sure uh, it looks like it. So the old screens. Oh, Connor Pitt. Connor's calling. All right. guess we're going to hold on turbo. All right. Let's talk to him. Got my little. Hey, hey! I can, I can see your podcast. So, what are you up to, man? We were just talking about Midwest Gaming Classic. What did you think about it? I think it was really fun. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. My favorite part was finding all those stuff I like. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about what you picked up? Sure. I found several cool games like Mario Golf Toadstool. Tool. Try that one again. Mario Golf Toad. Tour. That's a tough one to say. Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform. Yep. I can't hear you very well, but you got to talk into the phone here. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, bud. I'll give you a call tomorrow, okay? Okay. Oh, there you are. All right. You right, you no, you're good. You don't be sorry. We just couldn't hear you. All right, I love you. You want to keep talking? I can hear you now. Stay where you're at. Yeah, I don't know if I feel like it now because uh, I have to get to bed. Nope. Okay. Well, I love you, buddy. Good night, good night bud. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Connor Pitts, everybody. <laughs> That's my son. So, uh, where was I? Turbo. Yeah, so that didn't really help. Oh, yeah, I was going to play it. So I played it that night after you left. Yeah. Right ahead of the ever drive up, and I had it plugged in, and I was playing it. It's fine, but it's, it is hard to see. So ultimately, what I'm going to do, not with that one. That one's in too nice a shape. That one, I'm, I'm going to pull apart, look at the caps, make sure everything is in, in you know, whatever. Yeah. But the one I actually got for my birthday like three years ago, it's, it's nice, too, but it's a little bit more used than that one, and it didn't come in that box. So I'm actually going to send it to a friend, and they're going to install the LCD DRV screen like the 3.5 inch screen and then like it's basically like an rgb type style screen for it so bigger screen faster refresh rate looks better all that stuff so i'll be able to actually use it so i'm excited about that because it is hard like i played devil's crush on it and i played splatterhouse but it's like it's such a slow refresh rate the screens are so old right it's just yeah. they're not they're not great so uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna do that and uh and that's that's the plan so but yeah, I was super happy to get that. Like, that's just something I've wanted for a long, long time. And it was just kind of an overwhelming thing to, to wind up getting. And I talked about Japanese Bomberman, which I got from... Yep. From Matteo. From Matteo. I went and saw our buddy Pedro at Retro Dimension. So Pedro used to just kind of be a collector reseller in the Chicago area. Then he opened a physical store. And the guy always has, like, really nice stuff. And it's always super clean. Like, he buys collections. The guy does everything right. His prices are a little high. But at a show like that, they weren't. Yeah. And they were actually pretty reasonable. And and honestly, like he, he and I have done a number of deals together, so he wanted to cut me a break on some stuff. But I wound up getting Samurai Showdown, 
and Road Rash for the 3DO. And the Road Rash was the copy that comes with the soundtrack CD, which is the one I had when I was a kid and I wanted. And then I got Truxton from him as well, uh, all at one time. I wanted Truxton when we talked about it. That was one of the games I wanted to get. And then I wound up going back to see him later, and I did not realize he had NBA Jam TE for the Jaguar. So I bought that as well because... There are like five games on the Jaguar you'd actually want to play, and that's one of them. And I didn't have that one. So and all those boxes for being cardboard were really nice. You're, you're right. Oh yeah, from, yeah. You got those from that uh, from uh, Pedro. Yes. Yeah. No. He and he had a whole wall of 3DO games that have been sitting there for quite some time. I guess you know Robbie's friend Frank said that there's some of them sitting there, and he's like wouldn't budge on the price, and they wanted them. Whatever it was, but they've been there for a while. So um, let's see what else did I get? I got Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. For Jaguar as well. There was an older gentleman there that used to collect and he was selling off a chunk of his collection and he had some just beautiful stuff. It looked like he'd opened it and never played it, basically, is what it looked like. Um, so it was it, he was super nice, and I wanted buying that from him for like 40 bucks. I got um Mortal Kombat 2 and Street Fighter 2 Turbo for the Super Famicom complete in box, just because you never see them in their cool boxes. And I figured, you know, I could use them for like pictures when we do stuff or whatever. I, I just yeah. like that. And then I got some stuff from Kalen. I got the best game I got all weekend, David Robinson's Supreme Court for the Sega Genesis. I got that and the original Streets of Rage and John Madden Football. Uh, for the, the first two were for Genesis, and then John Madden was for 3DO. It was a long box for that. Yeah. And I feel like I bought something else from him, too. Oh, the sign. The I know Capcom what, sign. The sign, but uh, something else. I can't remember. He, he'll probably remember. But And then I bought a whole bunch of Turbo games. So, yeah, so you got a boatload of... Yeah, so I got a whole, I got, let's see, I think it's 3, 6, 9, 11, something like that. So I'll go over them real quick. Yeah, this go ahead. kind of like a click here. What is, please tell me it's better than the SNES version. With the NBA Jam TE, I don't know yet. I haven't played it yet, but it uh, it might be. Oh, the oh yeah, I bought games. all the Tengen games. That's right, I haven't talked about but- That's right, because it's over here on a stack and I hadn't looked at it. So there are a couple other things. I bought a copy of... Castlevania 3 from Sam, which it was really nice. My copy was Oh, yeah, because yours is... Ugh. Yep, so I, I, mine was not great, so I bought it. And he gave me a nice price, and I'm going to take the other one and just sell it. I bought Stack Up from a vendor at the end of the aisle. Nice guy, a little... He was an interesting fellow, but he was obviously overwhelmed, I think. He, it was just yeah. him, and there were a lot of people kind of coming at him, and he was not totally set up. So I bought a, cop, a loose copy of Stack Up for the... Instagram the, the photo backdrop. display, yeah. Because I don't want to be moving one piece back and forth and all that. And then I bought um, like basically all the parts. I had gotten a loose Rob from uh, Kyle oh, like three weeks same ago. Guy. Same guy. Okay. I wound up buying th- all the parts for Rob. He just had a box. Well, didn't he? Didn't you? Didn't he say? Or is there something you're <laughs> looking for? Well, he said what what happened was I, I said I was going to get stack up, but he goes, "Do you want like the discs that you need for for stack up?" And I said, "Honestly, I want stack up complete, but I need parts for the Rob." And he just pulls out this box full of like all the parts. So I picked out the controller holder, the the gyros, the gyro holder, and the spinner, and all that stuff, and and bought all that from him as well. There was an interesting exchange at that booth where I had come by, and this guy had a Turbo CD complete in box, huge mm-hmm. box. You never see it, and a Turbo Graphics complete in box too. And the guy was like, "I'm trying to get two thousand dollars for it, or like our best offer." And the dude was obviously overwhelmed but interested. And I was yeah. like. We went up to the room and I'm like, man, if I went down there and offered him 1500 bucks for that turbo CD, I wonder if he'd take it. You know what I mean? And then I came back down, the dude was gone. 
the vendor was still there. So I talked to him a little bit later and he's like, oh yeah, he sold it for 1600 bucks to the guy. And he pointed over to a different booth. It was like the dice booth. They were selling a bunch of dice. He goes, they bought it because they bought a bunch of his like CRT TVs too. But he wanted it. The guy was, you could tell he was annoyed because he wanted it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of wanted it too. Did you actually get stack up blocks too? I did not. I did not get stack up blocks. I'm trying to buy a complete in box stack up. I do not want pieces. So I'm trying not to. But one of the things I also got to Kalen's point was I was trying to get every Tengen NES game. Mm -hmm. I had six. I think there's 18 and I got 10 of them or something. It was something like that. I'm too short. Yes. I did not get Afterburner and I did not get RBI Baseball 3. Start calling you short dog. That's right. Shorty the pimp. But uh, I saw Afterburner, just never bought it because in my head I had already bought it from Kalen when I didn't. And then RBI Baseball 3... I never, I've never, I never saw. Yeah. You can look at my stack up CIB. Well, it sounds like something that you don't really care about and that you should trade it to somebody who does see me anyway. But no, at some point I'll, I'll get a CIB stack up. So, um, and then let's see the turbo games. I'll go through those in kind of rapid fire. So these are all complete in case, no boxes or anything like that, but the manuals and discs and all that stuff. So I got JJ and Jeff, which I didn't have. That's Kato Chan and Ken Chan. Kato Chan and Ken Chan, the, the, the game in Japan where you fart and pee. <laughs> yes. But in this one, it's called JJ and Jeff, and you do not do that. But I, somehow I had the PC Engine version, but not the US version. I got a copy of Military Madness, which was also a condition upgrade because mine has a bunch of writing in the manual. And that was one I always I had back when I was a kid and I really, I really wanted. So let's see. I got Bloody Wolf, which was also <laughs> an upgrade because I, had a lo- I have a loose copy of Bloody Wolf. Uh, I had a loose co- now I have a loose copy of Bloody Wolf and a full and a complete encased copy of Military Madness I'm going to get rid of. And then I got Devil's Crush, which is one I really wanted that was yeah. Yeah, the pinball game. Champions Forever Boxing, Sonic Spike, which are those are two cheapos. Sinistron, which I had a loose copy of when I got that Turbo Lot of Forever Ago, but it didn't mm-hmm. work. Like I tried and tried to get it to work, I never did, so I sold it broken. Um I sold it as is, I should say. Uh, Final Zone 2, which is a Turbo CD, Lords of the Rising Sun, which is a Turbo CD, and then I got three Super CD ROMs, Prince of Persia, Riot Zone, and then a the Godzilla fighting game, which is pretty amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah, that one was yeah, awesome. That's a PC Engine, uh, the PC Engine one, but I snagged that too. So that was really kind of the crux of what I bought while I was there. Uh, like I said, I, I half thought about getting the... Turbo CD, but I'm honestly glad I didn't buy it. I, I don't really, I never had the box for one, and I don't really care if I ever get the box for one. I wanted the actual console. I have the AC adapter for it, that's, yeah. but I have nothing else that goes with it other than the Turbo Express or the Turbo itself. So I need the base and the CD and all that stuff. There was a guy selling the whole kit for like $750, and I'm like, that's too much. Like, it's just, you could buy the whole thing with the, the Turbo yeah. for that much. So I still like, eh, I'm not buying that. But um, well, that just gives us a reason to go on a road trip for a Play Choice 10. Yeah, maybe it might. Just say. So I did, that reminds me, I got one more thing I got to talk about now that we're an hour and 15 minutes in and haven't gotten to the show topic. Okay. <laughs> but just yesterday, our good friend, Matty Ice from the Matty Ice and Marky Mark podcast called me on his way into work because he's now working thirds at a new job, which he really enjoys and loves. And we got to talking and he was asking about the trip and I explained to him all the fun that I had at, at, at Galloping Ghost. And I said, you know, I'm, one of the things I really want to get is an Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 cabinet like an actual upright and he said well colin his roommate who's also a friend of mine i think he has a mortal Kombat cabinet like an empty one that used to be a golden tea or a 
golden tea that used to be a Mortal Kombat or whatever it was. So like within five minutes, the next thing you know, I'm getting messages from Colin uh, with pictures of the actual cabinet. And it is a Mortal Kombat 1 cabinet. It has no glass. It has no monitor. It has no control panel. And it does not have the right marquee. The marquee says golden tea. <laughs> but it's got the Johnny Cage side art. It's the right cabinet, which is the hardest part to find. Like that dedicated cabinet is the hardest part to find. So I the really, cab, you got the cab. So I'm, I'm going to go pick the cabinet up tomorrow. And Robbie has already secured a board and control panel overlays for the controllers. Which look gorgeous. Yeah, they're, they're old, new old stock. He's got a guy in Chicago that he deals with that has a bunch of this stuff. So he wouldn't pick that up for me. I've already paid him for that. It's on its way. Uh, I already have the marquee. I yeah. have a Mortal Kombat oh, yeah, 1 and 2 right. marquee. You got him at the house. Yep. And then now I need to get a monitor, which I talked to Marky Mark about, you know, from the podcast. From Marky Mark and, who, yeah. Yep, works at, crazy, works at Crazy Quarters. And he put me in contact with the owner there who's going to help me find a monitor. I, got, I don't know what else is in the cabinet yet so if like there's monitor mounts or if there's a power supply or i have no idea yet which all so, that stuff is that's all i'll figure easy. that out most of it's universal and and whatever so yeah. i just have to figure out what i need but but yeah i'm gonna build it into it's gonna start as a mortal Kombat one cabinet but ultimately what i might do is what a lot of people do is they essentially set up all three inside and then they just change the jamma connector from which one they want and then they can change the marquee so i'll probably leave the johnny cage art although i think it's not in great shape if it's not that good what i'll probably do is wipe it and put the and get the Sindel Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 uh, side art and then that'll be how I I'll lay it out as an Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 yeah. and then just switch the boards as I need so but yeah so that was like a total like what are the odds kind of thing and so I'm going to go pick it up tomorrow and I'm super hyped about it so yeah that it's was gonna it going to being a great deal well it's not only is it a great deal but it's going to help Colin get it out of his basement which he doesn't know you know he doesn't want to do anything with it he doesn't have to do anything other than help me get it in the, yeah. in the car. And then it gives me the project where I can start. Like, I've always wanted one of these. And I it's hard to find them complete and for sale, right? It's just impossible. So I just, I was like, you know what? I'll just build one. And this is an OG cabinet. Like, this would have been a cabinet somebody would have converted to a Mortal Kombat 2 or 3 anyway. So what's the diff? So, yeah. So with that. And you've already got two-thirds of the parts. Yeah, I do. The so. monitor is going to be... Making sure I have mounts for the monitor, getting a power supply, and then I can get a new old stock control panel on eBay. I've already looked, and it's pre-drilled and all that stuff, so I might do that, but I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. I'm I'm going to talk to Jeff first because he also deals with all this stuff a lot and see if maybe he has other things that he can help me or any advice or whatever before I go running off. And I want to get it in my hands before I go buying anything because I don't know what else I need to get yet. Well, yeah, you'll have to assess it once you actually, because you've only seen it at this point in pictures. So we are now one hour and 18 minutes into our recording and stream. So you want me to tell them? Why don't, do you, tell, why don't you tell people? Tell, I'll, I'll, tell them where to find us? Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> you know what we probably should have done? Since we did the collecting update, you never put it back. You got to put it back. <laughs> we got to at least play the song. Yeah, that's true. I'll edit it in earlier, so it seems like I put it in, but well, I can't do that if I'm talking over shit. We could just put it in. <laughs> I know. So anyway, anyway, that was the collecting update. That was the outro this time. So, so we've made it. We've arrived at the show topic. An hour. Jay, let's in. talk. I sat here and said, all oh, these notes are so long and well laid out. We won't be here very long. And I lied. So, Jay. Mike. Today's show topic is. Gex for the 3DO. Foop. It's time to get Gexual. Time to get Gexual, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Gex, right? So, 
primarily about the 3DO. We'll talk a little bit about the PlayStation and Saturn ports of the game. Yeah. There was also another version that was ported as well. We'll talk a little bit about that, but why don't you tell me a little bit about the gameplay and story of Gex, for those who are unaware. Okay, it's pretty straightforward. So it's a side-scrolling platform. Um, I actually like this analogy. It's like Poltergeist, but with geckos. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a good way to the, lay it out. The intro of this game is Gex sitting in a lounger, like Barker lounger chair. Yeah, and he gets sucked into a television. Yes, well, the right. television reaches out and like grabs him. Right, he gets pulled in, uh, just like Poltergeist, yes. but with geckos. Yes. <laughs> Just like Poltergeist, but with geckos. So yeah, this was. I'm, let me let me say this part. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm reading about the lore of this all, right? And oh yeah, I have to say one more thing. I got a copy of Silent Service from Cart Mageddon, complete in box <laughs> Silent Service that has now moved into my collection, and now I have a secondary boxed Silent Service for sale because I cannot sell the one Cart Mageddon gave me. I'm sorry, I did forget about that, Robbie. It was it was hidden half. It was absconded by the. Or it was, it was behind the uh, Capcom sign in the photo. Yeah. I totally forgot. So the, back to Gex. Yes. Gex lives in a mansion in Maui, Hawaii. Living a good life. He, he apparently inherited a, num- a great deal of money when his great uncle died. This is all Gex lore that I pulled up. <laughs> Gex lore. Gex laws. <laughs> so please. So uh, Gex eats a fly. This is actually a drone controlled by Rez. Rez would be the bad guy. Right. So the intro is he's sitting there watching TV talking yeah, about how he just, got, just getting done with his uh, nude funker size or whatever weird 90s thing that he was saying oh, at the yeah, time. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And he eats this fly that that is what in turn allows Rez, who is the evil lord of the media dimension, yes. right, to pull him into the television that he's watching. Yes. Right. And his plans with Gex are what? To make him a TV network mascot, of course. Crystal Dynamics wants him to be their mascot. 3DO kind of wants them him to be their mascot. Yeah. Rez wants him to be the mascot of this whatever TV network in the in the whatever media dimension. Yeah. And then Geico. <laughs> so on to the gameplay. It's 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 five channels is the way it lays well, out. Hold on. Okay. Right here. Right after he's used as a TV mascot. What does that say? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we got past that. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I didn't. So Gex must find uh, remotes to turn on TVs and destroy them, which is ironically strange, and destroy them in order to get back home. Well, it's almost like he doesn't destroy television. He destroys like these channels. So the TVs yeah. still work after. It's just static. Yeah. So you go into these, you have to use these remotes, which turn on TVs, which are each of the different like four worlds or whatever it is. I said five, five channels, they five call channels it, and 24, 24 levels. But, but each of those channels has these different televisions that are turned on by remotes that you find in each, each level. You yes. turn, and it's a little abstract, but you turn on, a, you turn on a, cause there's times where you'd find a remote and it's not for the level you're on. It will be the next channel that you go to that you need it for. Or we had a couple and it may have just been the order we were in, but you would, so it's almost like a star pattern, like, yeah, like super Mario three. And, uh, we got, remember we got one and we thought it was the, the next level you moved to, nope. but it was like two over. Yeah. So it just depends. Yeah. But, but you go to these and then you like. You have to get to the end, which is like a TV that you go to, right? Yep. You want to find the remotes and then get to the end. And then while you're playing in these levels, you can save your progress by hitting the camera. There's like a like a Polaroid type camera that you whip your tail at and it will take a picture. That's your virtual like 
It's like your midpoint on that, right. on that particular And board. then you can also find videotapes that like store your game, right? Yes. And on a 3DL, the 3DL is the only one that actually stores it on the console and saves it. With the Saturn and PS1, it is done through passwords. Yes. So, but it was weird because you would finish a level and then it would just go to like static. The TV would no longer be broadcasting and you could no longer go to that level. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but yes, it has five channels, 24 levels and all. And then, so a little bit of talk about the enemies. So the enemies are like the little torch dudes. There's a bunch of, yeah, there's, there's like an actual torch that like comes alive and throws fireballs at you. Yes. There's the guy who looks like. He looks like Jason. But he looks, but he has like a, the leather face chainsaw. Yeah. It's really kind of weird. Uh, I got to a level where there were like these purple things that would make a, 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 a ring. And then you have to hit that and they would blow them up into like. Four of the purple things that you have to kill. I don't know what they were. Yes. And there was the, like gargoyles. Yeah. That shoot fireballs at you. There was one that was like a, a bear or some sort of animal that you hit and it would yes. knock all of his clothes off. And then you hit him again and he would die. We should also mention the fact that the star of Gex is an anthropo- anthropomorphic ge- gecko. Yes. Right. We've never said that. Yes. So it's actually a gecko that runs around and like he can whip his tail he can use his tongue to eat stuff that's how you get power-ups in the game right you can climb on walls you can climb on the side of a wall or up against a wall almost like flat up against it or up the up the edge of it so there's a lot of different dynamics to how you play the game so then which is actually the next note here how how convenient yes <laughs> next two actually he can walk so, run jump and walk on yeah. ce- walls and ceilings that's right go ahead so and his attacks of course include the tail whip just like you said the tail bounce so basically you jump and you'd hold down and he would uh, coil his tail up and he could hit underneath them or if there was like a block that you had to destroy you could do that with it um, and then he had the projectiles uh, with power-ups so some one power up he would eat and he'd have a fireball he would spit um, he had the other one where he's invincible the other one that ice, speeds him up. speed he had the ice uh, yep. it was still like a fireball but it was ice um, ice ball yeah and then he would turn him into a big giant ice cube and he could hit the ice cube yep. but it would shatter them. john john says it smells like gex and candy in the hummingbird suite oh i don't know if it did and he whips his tail back and forth running sucks on this game he's right so you yes. can run it, with the 3do you hold down the left shoulder button to run yes. it is only good when you have to make a long jump or if you have the invincibility and know exactly what you're doing because yes. one of the things about this game is if you're not careful, you will die very easily by falling into like a pit or something like that where, and you don't always have visibility. So there are like lots of these leaps of faith where you're like, okay, they kind of guide you sometimes by you. you part of the game also is that you pick up these golden flies. You eat them as you go along yep. the way, you crew a hundred of them. They're like coins in Mario. They give you another, you know, another guy. So if you, you know, whatever. But they'll kind of guide you to like make an arrow to go go down here. Or if you see that there's a set of them, you would want to know you know you could safely jump down there and not have to worry that you're gonna jump into like, you know, a, a swamp or something and die. Which I think is weird. Why wouldn't a gecko be able to survive in a swamp? It's not that deep even. Even more so if you're if you have the invincibility, which gives like the little tornado around you. Yeah. If you fall in that, you still die. Well, anyway. So you start with yeah, you start with three lives. Yeah. Um, you also start with like three paws. Those are like, you can get hit three times, like your life meter mm-hmm. and you can pick up power-ups along the way that augment that all the way up to like six. Yeah. Six here. Yeah. So, you know, you can, at some points in the game, you need that because you're going to, there are places where you're just like, you either have to jump and get hit or hope that you time it perfectly. So you do not get hit. Right. So that is good. But 
And like you were saying earlier, 3DO, we just have that on here. So 3DO allows saves on the console, but you have to get the videotapes. That's very distracting. But on PS1 and Saturn, they had a password system you use, or a passcode system. <laughs> Time to talk a little bit about background and development. So Tell me gonna, more, Mike. Oh, I'll go through this whole thing. I wrote a big old page, right? So basically, this game was developed and published by Crystal Dynamics, okay? Crystal Dynamics was founded by a bunch of former Sega employees in like 1993, and they were the first licensed developer for the 3DO. They were heavily in bed with the 3DO right away. In fact, Crash and Burn was the launch title for the 3DO, and it came out as a $700 console in 1994 or whatever it was, okay? Mm -hmm. So Crash and Burn was like literally the first game that ever came out. It was the only game you could get for it when it came out. 3DO was $700 back then. Yeah, $700 back then. So that's about, oh, I don't know, $1,500 nowadays. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, that'd be a lot. So... I'm going to find an inflation calculator. It's out. probably about $1,400, I'd bet. Total Eclipse was another one they put out. Off-World Interceptor. And then they also, they, they developed and published all those. And then they actually published The Horde for 3DO and Samurai Showdown. Now, I know you know who actually developed Samurai Showdown, right? Yeah. Okay. So, who's the star of The Horde? There is a person that is in The Horde, a famous person. Pop quiz. I don't know. I've oh. honestly never played the horde. Do you ever watch Growing Pains? Yeah. Kirk Cameron? That's the one. Shut up. Kirk Cameron is the star of the horde. I've never played the horde. So, yeah, $6.99 right there, John says. So, anyway, Crystal Dynamics got acquired by IDOS in 1998. IDOS, popular for the Tomb Raider series and all that stuff. And then, in turn, IDOS was acquired by Square Enix in 2009. That studio was kind of focused on Tomb Raider. They're working on a perfect dark reboot. And I just found out that the studio is now being sold again, along with IDOS Montreal and Square Enix Montreal, to the Embracer Group, which is like a Swedish video game publishing conglomerate. Who also, yeah, they own the border, the people who did the Borderlands games and all that. They're part of that too. So, ah. but man, I like those Borderlands games. Yeah, they're good. Fun. They're good. So, this game suffered in development. Okay, and there were a lot of challenges with with getting it developed. I found out so ultimately they wanted to have it out by like Christmas of '94, right or whatever it was. And they, being Panasonic and you know, uh, I guess really Panasonic, they were used to publishing games. Like this was a new thing. 3D was a new thing. 32-bit was a new platform, right? This was this was all brand new. So they were used to writing games for like Super Nintendo and stuff, and it took a lot less effort, a lot less colors, a lot less space, a lot less things. So when they went to go develop this, they, it was a very ambitious project. They were like, originally it was going to be about three times the size as it actually wound up being. And the game was supposed to come out in, they started development like right after the studio was founded. And then it was supposed to come out in like Christmas of 94. It did, And I'll talk about when they all come out, but I'm pretty, yeah, April of 95 is when it finally came out. And it was... It's very stunted compared to what they were really ambitious project that they had envisioned. And it, <laughs> they had a lot of struggles. So as I read about it, I, I took one excerpt that I'm going to read. Yeah. Okay. So the lead designer on this game at the time was Justin Knorr, K-N-O-R-R. -R. And basically I, I cobbled this together from like three different articles. Okay. 
But in the and I'm going to just kind of like so this. This is not verbatim. This is all paraphrased. But essentially, in the middle of the game's they say strenuous development, a number of the developers joined together to secretly program several features into the game: a series of secret levels, a small t- 2D shooter, and a small mini game. Now, if your game is already struggling to hit the the, the hit the target date, the deadline, why are you developing a bunch of ancillary stuff? So let's start there. But whatever, they needed a break. Okay, and the way it sounded to me was. Essentially, everybody was working overtime except the lead designer here, Justin. Like, everybody was, like, working long shifts, trying to get this thing done. They call it crunching now, I think, right? And then he was basically coming in at 10, leaving at 6, and, you know, was kind of checked out. of the. That's Again, I'm not, that's not my opinion. That's just how I read it. Yeah. So, anyway, the team was responsible for all this and also programmed a hidden extended inc- credits sequence, which featured photos of the staff and a wide array of concept art, sketches, and storyboards. This uh, lasted like seven or eight minutes. I never saw it, but apparently it existed. So at one point in development, one of the stages that was designed by the lead designer, Noor, Justin Noor, was edited without his permission. Again, they're there doing whatever they need to get the game out, and he's not there, so they just made he's the... putting in a, a cool six yeah, hours a yeah, day, yeah. and they're working 15, yeah. 16 hours a day. They, they made... <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly like a team from Sega, that's Jensen. They made the executive decision to do this. The level that was removed had several bugs, and since the game was already eight to nine months late of its initial completion deadline, the company removed them and wanted to sh- and ship the game as soon as they could. So he found out, right? Old Justin, the lead designer, found this out and got pissed off. So what he did is, in this game, there are question marks in this game that you can whip with your tail, and when you do that, it's kind of like a... You know, when you go to like a, a block in Super Mario World and it, you bump up and it, t- like the yeah. question, whatever, the, the exclamation block, and it will tell you like, hey, maybe jump on Yoshi for a minute. Like gives you hints, right? It, this game does the same thing. So it's like, hey, you know, uh, you whip it and it'd be like, yo, you can, you can stick to walls or, you know, it'll give you like a little tip. So in one of those question marks, I think it was level three, he said he left a hidden message that taught players a cheat code to get them to the game's stage select which had over 80 slots, even though there were only 20 le- 28 levels in the game. Again, speaking to what the original aspiration was versus what they actually did. I got to that, actually. I did get to the stage select. It's a long code, but I got to it. Yeah. And I used it for another thing we'll talk about in a little Could bit. Could you imagine if this was actually 80 levels, though? Oh, my God, no. This would be too much. It would, it's already too much. Yes. And anyway, so in that, he left a secret code and told people how to get to a specific stage, which contained the original version of the level that he produced. You know, the one with all the bugs. <laughs> Genius move. Yeah. So he had three more messages in the original version of that level. So in that level, he had in his hidden level, the unfinished, poorly coded error level, he put three messages in there. One, which disclosed the personal phone number of the head of product development of Miss Madeline Kanepa or Kanepa, where he encouraged players to call her and quote, give her a piece of your mind and my mind too. This is like the most toxic guy ever. So anyway, like instead of handling it like a goddamn adult, and I don't know Justin, I'm not going to pretend like I know him, but I mean, maybe he regrets his decision. That's a, that's not exactly how you want to deal with adversity. You know, no. like, so it says uh, that was eventually found by play testers leading to the immediate firing of Justin Knorr. Appropriately so. It's shitty, but it is funny. It's funny now, but yes. I mean, like you're already way behind and this guy is like, pissed off that they took something out that didn't work that we didn't have time to flesh out anyway and then he wants to be a you got enough time to do all that but you don't have enough time to fix all your bugs you know mr lead designer yeah and then and then he got fired and i i think rightfully so so anyway r.i.p justin 
Yeah, it was. A, it was <laughs> everything I read as I read about all these old games that I loved as a kid. There's always this fucking drama in every single one of them where it's like, oh, this guy stabbed a guy because he tried to change the color of this guy's hair or whatever it is. Yeah. Like nowadays, it's like, Jesus, you there's guys. There's always some crazy story in the development. That's not my vision <laughs> or whatever it is. Like there's always when you deal with people, this is what you get. So why don't you tell me a little bit about when this game came out I and can. on which platforms? I will. And before I do that, though, I did pull up the um, calculation, the inflation calculator. So I looked, 3DO came out in 1993 in North America. Yep. $700. John actually commented in the uh, chat there. Maybe he actually harassed her, he said. Nice. <laughs> he wasn't there enough, man. <laughs> um, in 2022, the 3DO, if it was to be released today, would be $1,392.75. Almost nailed it. Yes, that was pretty impressive. No, that's, 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 that's ridiculous. Very, very impressive. Could you imagine spending $1,300 for a CD? God, or, no. Like well, a some 3DO. people were doing shit like that. They were doing shit like that for the PS5 last year. To be fair, somebody paid $1,600 for a Turbo CD at Midwest Gaming Classic. So, hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> but, but anyway. Um, so release-wise. That also means that Gex would have cost $120 today. Yes. <laughs> anyway, go on. So uh, the release, so for the 3DO, it came out in April of 95. PlayStation, that one, came out in December of 1995. And then the Sega Saturn came out in also December of 1995. And then the PC version came out in November of 1996. Correct. So almost a year later. So yeah, those were really the four platforms you could play this on, right? Yep. And it was, everything I've read, I've played all three of these before. My personal opinion is, the the 3DO version is the best version. Partly because you can save, but also just because of how it looks and feels. Like the other ones were ported by another company, and I just don't think that they play as well. I didn't like them as well. I I've think never the, I think the 3DO one was better. Overall. I've never played the PC version, but well, yeah. anyway. So yeah, Robbie says I'm gonna head out. Guess I'm not gonna be able to call back in. Mike, I texted you my quote unquote review. I've got it right here, sir. Worry not. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the music and sound of this game. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the thing I found the most appealing about this game and annoying about this game back then and now both is that it was voiced by Dana Gould. Gex was actually, excuse me. Gex was actually voiced by Dana Gould. Dana Gould known primarily as a writer. Okay. He was a writer on the Simpsons. He was a co-executive producer on the Simpsons for about like a few years in the early 2000s. Um, he was a Frankie Merman, fragile Frankie Merman on Seinfeld. So yep. when he got the, he gave him the van after, you know, like he gave Seinfeld the van. He was the kid who would like in summer camp would go dig a hole and sit in it. Like, yes. cause if, if things didn't go his way. So that was him as well. And he, he was like, he wrote all the, like Gex has all these one liners in the game, right? He's constantly saying something and it's all like rife with like this nineties. It, <sighs> It's very 90s, all of it. I should I should say that. But all these quips and stuff, they 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 are dripping with that slacker tood mentality that you saw so much of in the in the 90s, right? And he did a good job. I you know, my only problem with it is it just becomes so repetitive sometimes because there are a lot of different ones. I basically looked up all of them and there are a number of them, but man, you hear a lot of them this very often like in specific yeah. he does things in specific situations so if he attacks or if he gets hit or if he jumps or if he falls they all have sounds like a, a you know a, that a go along with that you know action 
So and it's funny at first. Yeah, and it's even funny sometimes no matter what. But yeah. it's just like sometimes you're just like, oh, my God. So there's just a ton of cultural references, too. So I, I put down a few of them here. So like when you jump, you can in the in the graveyard channel or whatever it is, you can jump on a coffin. And when you jump on a coffin, the lid of the coffin flies up and it shoots you up in the air, almost like a uh, what's the thing in Mario, like the spring, right? It's almost like that, but they're the coffins. little uh, in Super Mario Three, yeah. the little white exclamation points when you jump on them, they bounce you way up. No, I'm talking about the spring things that you. you it's in the very first one. You jump on oh, it, it shoots yeah, you up yeah, in the okay, air, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. But he jumps on. And he says, "Sorry, Mr. Presley." Oh He's yeah, that, Elvis, one, that right? Like funny. in the coffin, right? So like one of the one of the enemies that you fight in the first few levels is is a television, and uh, the, the, you he hits it. He'll like whack it with his tail, and he'll say something like, "That's for twelve years of full house, or whatever it is." You know, um, he took damage. If he takes damage, he'll scream, "Adrian!" Like in, like in Rocky. Rocky. Uh, when he attacks, he'll say, "This one's for Johnny," which is you know, uh, what is this? Outsiders, yes. right? It's, it's not. A, it's a. It's a paraphrase quote there. And uh, like when you swing your tail, I heard this one today. He swings his tail to t- you. Like I said, there's like a Polaroid or Kodak. Polaroid is right. A Polaroid camera sitting there that you swipe, you hit your tail with, and it saves your level and your 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 uh, progress in a level. Yeah. And it'll say the times of your life, which was the Kodak slogan, which was an old Paul Anka song or something. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was, but but he does like impersonations. So he does Johnny Carson. He does a number of William Shatner ones. Talks about Spock and all that stuff. He says, uh, "My name is Forrest Gex." He says one time, "I'm like, when did this game come out?" Like, how late did the, how late was the production of this game? Because the game came out in '95. I mean, Forrest Gump didn't come out much before that. So, but anyway, the thing I found that was the crown jewel, though, easily the crown jewel. Yeah. As I'm playing around the note block, thank you. That's what he was talking about with you. I was talking about something else, but that's what you're talking about. The note oh, okay, block. yeah. So, I'm going through the stage select, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the end credits. What do the end credits look like? It just scrolls their names. Yes. But when it scrolls through their names, it plays a song. Oh, we need to hear the song. Do you do you happen to have any I way have, we can listen to it? I happen to have access to it right here. Oh. So, I'm going to play a little let's, bit of the song. Hear this. Just to give you an idea of, if you've never played Gex, this will give you some idea of what you're dealing with before you get into it. And this goes on for like two and a half minutes. It's like the shitty knockoff synth version of the Shaft's theme, right? It's so... It's like the end theme song, the credits to every Q Essential 80s movie. Yeah. Every one. Yeah, it is. Ghostbusters? Yep. That's how it would end. Yes. Which is perfect for that. Yes. But it's so bad. Oh, it's terrible. It, if you want to look it up, it's just if you go look up uh, Gex uh, OST credits theme or whatever it is on YouTube. Oh my God! Don't listen to the whole thing, please. Spare. It's worse. Hmm. Is it worse than the Scotty Pippen rap? No. Okay. I, no. No, it's not. No. No, I don't think it is either. No. Maybe that, that's a vote. 
He's too gexy for a shirt. Yeah, well, he's got he's got that gex appeal. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to have John when John gets on. So, speaking of having John on, oh yeah, we're about that time. We're getting close. I'm gonna grab a pen since you grabbed one for yourself. I got one for both of us. We can share. give me that. I don't know why you don't just write it down. Anyways, I write it down all the time too, but it's like there's no reason for. I don't know. Anyway, because you actually do the graphic. I know. That's why I'm like I probably should do it. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's give our buddy John a call here. It's time for the it's time for the reception of this game and the LJN game rating. I'm going to say, before I get into any of that, I believe it was CES '94. This game won 3DO Game of the Year from GamePro. Really? And in 1995, it also won a couple of 3DO Games of the Year. You know I'm going to look at that. Look it up. No, it's, in, it up. it's in the Wikipedia. I will also say that I believe this was, and I don't have any way to confirm this. I believe this is the best-selling game on the 3DO. It definitely seems like it's the most abundant game on the 3DO, and it, I would I would assume that it was actually the best-selling game. It was a pack-in for a while. So, like, when they cut the cost of the console to $299, and I think they released the FZ10, so there's three different 3DOs in the U.S. There's the Panasonic FZ1, which is the tray load, the Panasonic FZ10, which is the top load, side load, like the Sega CD Model 2, and then there's a Gold Star 3DO, which is a, which is also a, a drive tray like a, and uh, but I believe this was the pack in with the FC10. Now I can't find any boxes out there or anything that show that, but I know that that was the case because in like the October 1995 GamePro magazine, they talked about how this game was going to become a pack in, and they were lowering the price to 300 bucks or something like that. And then of course a year later, the 3DO was pronounced dead. So with that, I think it's time to actually get into. The LJ and game ratings. And uh, John, Jay has had to excuse himself for a moment. He's got something going on. So I will, I'm going to give our friend John a call. So hold tight, everyone. Hey, sir. The one and only retro game enthusiast, John Young, everybody. John Young. Mag Max aficionado. I've, I've been meaning to ask. Uh, I, I think that's the arcade song. I don't think the NES song has that many notes. I don't think it is. I think it is the. I think it is it. I I'm almost positive I pulled it from an NES thing. You, could be. Could be. So funny. Funny story. Thank you for joining us, sir. By the way, as always. Yeah. I went out looking for Mag Max in the box at. Midwest Gaming Classic, I found one copy in poor condition with no manual and decided against purchasing it because I felt I could find a better one. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it's hard uh, hard to find a good Magmax that's uh, in good condition and not sealed. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of dead stock. There's a ton of yeah. dead stock. Just buy a sealed one and open it. It'll be fun. It's, it, yeah, oh, no sorry, one, just, you can't do I, that I nowadays. That. No, no, don't, don't say that. Don't, tell anybody. Just, don't ever right. say that. Are you kidding um, this, this isn't live, is it? Can you cut it? Yeah, hold on. I'll edit it like live. I'm somebody on stage. to work on my live editing skills. <laughs> but anyway, so how are you? Uh, pretty good, man. Uh, uh, I got some uh, pickups for later, but uh, oh, good. And, and a big miss. I almost spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on something. But oh man. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh no, I, I, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, what are you? What are you buying an NWC card or something? And I'm like, oh, never mind. No, it'd yeah. probably be easier to get one of those than what you're trying to buy right now. So, um, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah, I could have uh, for the uh, over. Uh, so I, I tried to buy a house, 
And yeah. uh, for the over the asking price, uh, I had to ask, offer them more money than an NWC car could go for, probably. Well, that's, Maybe not, that but. just means your priorities are out of whack. <laughs> well, that's true. You messed up. So if anybody's selling an NWC for 20% of a Kansas City home price, uh, let me know. Hit me up. <laughs> yeah. No, let me know, and I'll let you know if I don't want it. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so tell me. I mean, I guess you got some pickups. Tell me what you got there. I mean, I could have called you uh, earlier, too. Oh. Uh, I sniped uh, uh, Mike, Dice, uh, Mike Tyson. Did you hear this game? Oh, uh, yes. I saw Mike this Dice. today. Uh, I sniped it on a Joan Bone. Uh, not that I want uh, more competition, but uh, essentially... Joan Bones, the person to follow, he posts, and within a matter of 30 seconds, you got to like check what he's got and type claim. And uh, I got Mike Tyson's punch out and uh, world champion. World champ. One of those NES games. Yeah, world champ, sorry. One of those games that you always forget is an NES game. Yes. And it's funny because, again, nobody's listening, so it's a perfect time to tell everybody. <laughs> the one life hack from a collecting perspective is if you're looking for decent things for, for, for a relatively fair price, Jonas, Joan Bone 7 on Instagram will about once a week, every couple of weeks, will m- make a post where he's selling and he's always selling stuff that like he has a very refined collection, right? He has very, very nice right. things. So the usually like the things that he upgrades from or he always the things he has are usually in nice condition, whether they're all graded 9.8s or not. So one of the things that I did, okay, and I think you even probably told me to do this, was, yeah. you know, set it up so I knew when he was posting. <laughs> because there, yeah. I have most certainly picked up things from him. I think I got my Beetlejuice from him. I think I got my Complete Box Ghoul School from him. I know I got a first print Zelda from him. But you got to be quick. Like, you sent me that screen cap today, and, man, you beat somebody for that. It was a, it was a decent Tyson, Complete in Box. It was the promo copy, same one I've got sitting over my shoulder here with the oval, oval seal. So it's like a late run, which is whatever, but it had the letter, right? Yeah. And for that price, exactly. the letter is almost that price nowadays, I feel like. Exactly. I think uh, uh, Tyler got uh, a Rob Box from him for – yeah, uh, like half of what they were going for on eBay, and, um, and that, he's yeah. normally he's normally reasonably priced for the quality that he has. He's, yep, it's always he's upgrading his collection. He's one of the original uh, Nintendo Age guys um, uh, that was into sealed and like complete box stuff uh, that didn't go into water. Um, yeah, so he's still in kind of that group of people, and he's yep. got the connection. Yeah, and he's he's like Robbie. He uh, he hits the gar- ground hard. And uh, always, always looking for, you know, stuff. he works for what he gets. Yep, absolutely. So, but yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him. He, he ships quick. He ships securely. He's a good dude. Easy to, easy to deal with and um, highly recommended. So yeah, Joan Bone 7 or Jonas on, uh, on Instagram there. So why don't yeah. you, let's say, you know, let's say that you just want to refresh Gex in your mind and maybe you haven't played it in a very long time maybe ever but let's say you haven't played it in a very long time and you played it for this show thank you why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience and thoughts on this game and then perhaps provide some kind of a rating okay yeah let me uh let me take you back to 1995 uh this was around the time when like people started to say you know what i'm not getting every console like before, like there was a lot not of me. homes who were Super Nintendo. <laughs> well, yeah, of course not you. But like there was, uh, there were people that were like, all right, in my house I have to have the NES and the Master System. 
maybe not so much. But then like the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, there were a lot of homes that were both those. And there were people that kept on top of what was going on with TurboGrafx-16, even though like, you know, whatever. But once these $700 consoles started coming into play, like in my mind, uh, I was already that old man that was like, I don't have time for this shit. Like, I'm not going to like learn about this Gex nonsense. Stop trying to pull me in with what you think I'm going to want. Um, so like in the nineties, nobody cared. It was like, all right, no, this is a whole area I'm not going to get into. So I didn't play it, um, at all, to be honest. I honestly, up until last week, I thought this was still like, I thought I could just use my Nintendo 64 copy to play, which turns out it's the sequel. Wrong. Um, (laughs) so bought it off eBay. Uh, it got here two days ago. I put in about four hours. Honestly, solid game like uh it's got that like mid 90s feel it's got that uh donkey kong country a little bit of crash bandicoot um a little bit of you know like that exploration goofiness uh if i was maybe four years younger and this came out on the system that i could afford this would have hit just right with that like Dana Gould comedy and like the goofy kind of nature, almost like the Duck Dodgers kind of like artistic yep. style in some levels. Um, yep, I agree. And and the power ups were good. Um, and at the time, to get like the music it had, and then also like those sound bites. You, like you got to remember, like to have a game with a bunch of sound bites. Like, we were excited about NBA Jam because he said it's heating up in like twelve other phrases top. Yep. Uh, and like, so we didn't get annoyed by uh, somebody repeating the same phrase over and over again. And discovering a new phrase was also something kind of interesting. And and understanding um, the reference too, like especially back then, I got most of those references. Like you know, like you if you're in that culture in that moment, and you're just like a teenager in your early twenties or whatever at that time you knew what all that stuff they were talking about. Like he does a Scarface in person. It was all of the, the mainstream right. Indiana Jones references. He makes a number of them. And it's, I think that's smart. Like looking back at it now, it almost becomes like this time capsule, right? Right. And it's also a bit of that, like we're in this culture, right? A little bit like Monty Python where it's like, Hey, yeah. you know, all these like weird things, dorky kids are talking about. We're talking about it as the game developers as well. So I think that was kind of where they're going like, Hey nerds, we're into this stuff too. Um, at least that's how I kind of like uh, thought. Now, there's a bunch of references I didn't get, but I did like a couple of times, like he said things. We're, we're joking about, let's see, sexual stuff. But like he said things that were mildly sexual, like very implied. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For, you know. He also said it's time to open a can of whoop ass. And I remember being like, wow, <laughs> that game just said ass. <laughs> didn't, oh. didn't, like, wasn't there like a, like a, was that a Nintendo ad where there was like a can and it was a wolf ass? Like, there was, oh, probably. Was I don't remember. I just got yeah. I just got busted. I was sitting in Jay's seat. I was pretending to be Jay. You didn't even know it. Oh, undetectable from oh. from from this side. Oh, I'm not sorry, talking everybody. to Jay. I had a, no, that was not I, Jay. It was Mike. I'm sorry. I tricked you. Anyway, oh, go go sorry, ahead. If you're in that seat. I can't tell. Um, <laughs> I'm way I'm way thought, more handsome. Thought it was Jay. What's going so, on here? When I picked this up. It did kind of like jump back in, almost like I was playing like a like a, <laughs> no. a, a Donkey Kong Country like, if that makes sense. No, it like does. It's, uh, it's, you know, I've I never thought about it like that, but it's a very good analogy. It's true. It and, feels it feels like that kind of like Gex is rendered. 
The rest of yes. it is not. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of irritated by that. But it was, again, like, we only have so much time, people. Right. <laughs> and the controls are a little iffy, but once you get on, uh, get into them, they're not too bad. And the fact that it's not 3D, like the later Dex games, yes. I think makes a big difference. Um, it aged better but, because of it. Exactly. And you can, you can tell there was some love put into the game. Um, it has a little bit of that and hatred feel too. What's that? Yeah, yeah. It has a little bit of that PC feel, like that almost like yeah. uh, like this could be like a, a game that you're playing on your keyboard. Um, but that's a small part of it. In general, like as soon as I started playing it, now it brought me back to almost like games that I didn't get to play or that you would wanted them to be that good. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It does get a little grading with some of the, you know, one, um, liners and stuff. Um, but honestly, the level design isn't bad. Um, I've only gotten to like the second, the end of the second boss level. The music's not bad. It's not amazing music, but like that Nickelodeon style situation going on. It's, I feel uh, like the music is contextually aware and it is not yeah. obtrusive. It's fine. It fades into the background. It's not something you're going to remember, but it's not something that you're also going to remember because it sucked either. It was good. I would put it at like a above average, like good environmentally aware type music. Yeah. And the special effects actually kind of play in with the music a bit better than I think that a lot of games do today. So, I mean, yeah. um, um, and the power ups are great. I mean, it's great. Interesting. Fun. To kind good. of come across. Let's let's just say good. <laughs> so I'm glad that I'm going first. The guy that's only played several hours of it. Yes, which is more um, than Robbie. First, okay, well the first <laughs> several hours more. Fun. Yes. First boss battle was fun. Uh, I did a couple of bonus rounds. Those were kind of fun, like yeah. in a, like a telephony game kind of way. Um, I feel like I'm going to keep playing it. Um, so. This one's hard. I mean, like, for a PlayStation game of the time, uh, sorry, there's also a little bit of Rayman in there. Yeah, um, I would agree with that 100%. And the whole Pitfall, Mayan Adventure kind of feel, right. that's a little slipperier, yeah. slipperier than this, but but same kind of, like, that that foray into 32-bit platforming that was 2D and not, like, horrible. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, there's so many other games that did it so poorly that like this yes. definitely feels like it's in that like exploring what's next phase and did a good job of it yeah so, um and uh wasn't this his dad that died am i wrong you said uncle right? it said great uncle from what i read there was there was a video was, where they talked about how his dad died but i don't think that that was maybe his dad died but that was not how he got all the money <laughs> okay all right well then i, I obviously didn't do the he was the oldest but, of five uh, gecko children or something <laughs> If, if I got to put this like in the pantheon of like these kind of games, like the, the CGI, also the opening, sorry, to step back on this, like that CGI opening had that, you remember like when you first started getting like uh, FMD video games and that CD, like that video en- uh, uh, intro yep. where it's like, this is an event. Uh, Dreamcast did that well. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had that feeling. I've not had that for like a game in a while where like the intro is like, ah, it's fine. You actually like, had to watch like, it and it was part of the story and it brought you into what was going on. Yeah. And it had like that cinematic. And uh, I mentioned this in the chat, but you know, you don't read all my comics, but you shouldn't. Um, there's a, uh, a short 
online video thing called The Legend of Neil that does that too, the pull into the TV show, yeah. um, which is worth checking out. And then there's also uh, Captain Ed did the same thing. So it's not. Oh, just of course, Captain Ed. Yes, I knew that. So, um, but I'm going back and forth. Um, is it a game that if I had played it, that I would be like, oh yeah, I want to play that again? Maybe not. But I mean, I, I say it's like in the contextual nature of like Donkey Kong Country, um, maybe a little bit of Mario 64 uh sonic adventures like just trying to get like a feel for that generation of you know mid 90s to late 90s games yeah i put it at like a 3.5 it's worth playing it's okay. a it's a you know decent platformer better than most of the shitty ones i picked up i could be convinced at a four i could also be convinced for a three yeah one more connection you know how like uh, Super Mario World was going to have like a CDI version? I can't remember what it was called, but like there was like... Hotel was, uh, Mario? No, no, no. That actually came out. There was another one that was oh, like a yes, Super yes. Mario World. Or yep. maybe it was the original. I don't know. But uh, there's a bit of that with like the crawling on the back walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, it's very reminiscent of, of like that. Super Mario World. Right. Where you crawl on yeah. the wall and you would, you know, in this one, I don't know if you hit a thing to flip onto the other side of the wall, but you most certainly do that same kind of like that. up against oh, the little the, fence to yeah. know, where you'd go to the little square. hit it. Yeah, there's plenty of that. And it's, that's one of the things I struggle with the game is like, when can I grab the thing or when can I go on? Like you can't, there's no distinct way to tell. Like when that game it was like, here's a, here's a cage, you know that you can climb on it. In this, it could be the same wall and look almost exactly the same. And you're like, oh, <clears throat> I guess I'm supposed to climb on that. I didn't see much that you couldn't climb on in this one, so I've only yeah. gotten yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's a decent game. I mean, like, uh, would I say that after spending another day or two on it? I'm not sure, but my review of four hours of the gameplay it's worth like not too expensive either from the PS One. No, we'll we'll get into the cost, but it's it's not out of bounds for anybody for sure. No. So with that, why don't I go next? Because John basically said everything I wanted to say. And I'll tell you this. Good. I did experience this game back in 1995. It was one of the reasons I had a 3DO was this game came with it. And I got it on disc. I think I paid like $99 for it at one point, right? Complete. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> weren't nobody playing it. But uh, I, I, I had this game. And this was one of the ones I enjoyed and had the most fond memories of. Now, I do remember it being repetitive and difficult, right? But... Looking back at it, it's not as repetitive as I remember. Okay, there's more to it from a, like the quip perspective, but ultimately it does become a bit like it does wear on you after a little while. Where you're like, okay, yes, well, let's yeah. do this one for Johnny. I got it. Okay, or let's go back to the mystery van, Scoob. You know, or whatever he says like a thousand <laughs> times. When you're at that level select screen, he only oh, says yeah. one of two things, and you're just like, oh my god, uh, please enough with the fucking shaggy reference but 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 that's you know that's just part of the game and i will i will completely like echo what you said in that it's very much like it's a it's a good game i enjoy playing it i find myself wanting to like continue to play it i go back to it more so now than i did then i even i i, I play it and i i do enjoy it and it is also a, a a heavy dose of nostalgia because it takes you back to that time in your life when I was 19 or 20 years old and I remember playing this game and all that stuff was like culturally relevant as well. And it was just that whole, that whole mentality and the direction of those kind of games is, is really 
captured really well in this game. So if you want, like a like I said, a bit of a time capsule back to what it was like to be a, a teenager, you know, or, or young adult in the twenty in the ninety the twenties. I don't need to make myself any older in the mid nineties, nineteen twenties. Well, in the aughts, you know. But uh, but this this is a this is a good way to experience it. It, it really is. So um, I think it looks good. I think it comparatively it looked great to compare to some of the things that you saw back then that were coming out. And like you said, with the sequels, especially when they're putting them in 3D, I think this one is much better than one either of the the sequels that came out uh, later on. So, um, yeah, I would go ahead. MFN uh, Tech Box is here and says, "What up? What up? Hey, long time. Uh, uh, I think that what we thought of was." feeling back then of ideas we now think of as homage and i feel like that's really shifted my view on it i agree um and then the second thing can you imagine the kid that had a cdi and then like he's like ah oh, rich kid right obviously yeah he's got a cdi and he's like oh i hate this and he got the 3do and he's like oh my god the future look at these controls they're amazing um it doesn't have a joystick in the middle of it or whatever the hell that cdi <laughs> controller was the analog yeah. stick like a goddamn atari 5200 type stick with your thumb go ahead i'm sorry i gotta push down to pick something up but also go through doors and you know how you gonna do i that? got extra buttons that how you can do i yeah, can control yeah, exactly. my laser disc player from this thing as well <laughs> anyway so that kid was like this is amazing like this is the future yes yeah. i agree and and it's funny because i landed in the same place you did uh, based on the, the, the gameplay itself and some of the repetitiveness and the difficulty and some of the, the controls, I think, more than the difficulty, I considered a three. And then, you know, from how it was designed and, and, and how it played and how it looked and, and the fact that, like, Gex was kind of like the, you know, hallmark of the 3DO and it was one of the better games, I, I considered possibly a four. But I think I'm, I'm landing on a 3.5 as well. I think it's a good game okay. that held up well, especially compared to other things of the era. And I think that uh, it's still, I wouldn't say it's culturally relevant, but I did see that there is a Reddit about Gex, like a Reddit, really? subreddit, and and a Discord server dedicated to Gex. Huh. Yes. We so somebody, a Discord no, server. no. Yeah, what's that? No kink shaming. No That's kink right. Shame. No kink yeah, shaming. Yeah. So, but I, I, I definitely think it's a good game, and I, I think just from the. I like the voice acting. I like the fact that he had a voice, which most characters at the time did not, and that it wasn't like off-putting or stupid or just like you said, like NBA Jam ask where it's like, okay, the same four things over and over again. It was the same things over and over again, but man, there were a lot more of them than I remember, and I didn't yeah. feel that I was getting the same ones over and over while I played the game, unless I just was at the level select screen or just standing there. Those are the only two times I felt like that happened. Yeah. So I'm putting how, it as a 3.5. How far ahead of Nintendo was Gex? Like when when did Nintendo start putting this much voice in their games? It was after oh. like what uh uh Mario Sunshine maybe? It's got to be GameCube because they were still dealing yeah. with because well you couldn't though because it was all downsampled right. You know, compressed audio that you couldn't use that much because that took up a ton of your space, and you're you're limited by the fact that you decided to go with ROM cards, right, and cartridges. So, right, like to be but fair, GameCube. yeah, but to be fair, all of them were like that, right? Everybody but Nintendo did, and they've never really given Mario a voice other than to say things like "hoo hoo" or whatever you yeah. know, like he's Mickey Mouse uh, or whatever it is. So, oh, sorry, just just to be topical. Uh, so, Sonic Two now the biggest grossing video game movie ever. And then, uh, come on, Mario's going to be, right? Probably. So well, we'll see. You, it wasn't last time. <laughs> so, well, yeah. 
two members of Parks and Rec going to have like the biggest like video game movies ever? Like, is Aubrey yeah. Plaza going to do something huge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Crickets. We'll, we'll just drop that point. Yeah, no, that's fine. Well, I thought Jay would have you something to say, audience. but he's just sitting there. You're the cricket. Like I have nothing. I have nothing, log. I have nothing to say. I don't know how I feel about it. Was it Chris Pratt's going to be Mario? Yeah, I know, like, we're not here to yeah. talk about any of that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. All right, so here's, here's well, what I'm going to do. Okay, go ahead. If it's like Mario Batali, like, you're going to be like, come on. Anyway. It's me, Mario. That's kind of how that would go. So I'm going to read Robbie's review. Sashimi Z didn't get his homework in on time. Oh, so he might he might be getting booted. Right now he's a big question mark. Both both for the ratings and in general. We'll see how that all goes. But you know he's a 3DO guy, right? I know. That maybe he was too busy. He was too engrossed in the gameplay to actually stop and tell us what he thought. That makes sense. Anyway, so I'm going to give you Robbie's <laughs> Robbie's opinion, which is based when they say you should never judge a book by its cover, we're going to get a book judged by its cover. <laughs> Because I don't believe Robbie has ever actually played this game. So Robbie's review is as follows. He goes, I think the reason I never played this is because I was utterly sick of mascot platformers by the time this game came out. I blame Bubsy. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, But he says, I give it a three for the two they gave to Gex, but the game looks like some generic-ass shit. I don't think it's uh, that generic, honestly. Can, can I... Uh, can I say I think this is a Robbie ass game. I feel like uh, in the world uh, world two, they start looking very like Rocco's Martin Life, which I feel like is a hundred percent of Robbie. Like except cartoon. it's too popular. Robbie is like it has to be like it has to be whatever that horrible game over there is. What is the one that's Cybernoid? It has to be Cybernoid. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. If it was if if Gex was constantly being pulled down by gravity to the point where he could barely get up, he'd he'd like it better. No, I the agree with you. Is, that's I, exactly I what I was going to say. Is if it wasn't as if it wasn't a a, a flag, it, in essence, if it wasn't a, a mascot platformer and the flagship of the 3DO, he'd yes. love it. Yeah, he'd be like, this game is an amazing game. If it was just some bullshit that came out like on the Genesis or Nintendo or PlayStation, and it was just a backburner game, maybe we he'd should be like this game's fantastic. I, maybe what we should do is. We'll mock it up. We'll do a ROM hack. I'll put a big cowboy hat on him with a mustache and give him a six shooter. We'll call it Tex. <laughs> and then we'll see what he thinks. <laughs> Instead of shooting like fireballs with his tongue, he shoots a gun. And we'll call it Tex. You, you realize listening to us talk about Robbie right now is like an old wife talking about yeah. an old bunch of wives talking about their husbands. Yeah. Okay. And let's have or, or just. They're one ex-husband. Uh, we married yes. Margot or whatever that was called. Yeah. F uh, Familiarity breeds I, contempt. I, I can say I feel like Robbie is not as uh, counterculture as we put onto him. I feel like sometimes no. he gets really into like. I agree. I do too. I agree with you. Let's let's hash out Robbie's personality and persona right now. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> we got let's a couple hours, right? Hold on. I'm gonna go get a chart and we're gonna fill this thing out. He he's gonna have oh, to pick up the phone. I'm calling him. No. And he had no. I do not. No. 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 He doesn't but, need to be involved. Anyway. Like red string. Let's right. do this. So You're going to get the bad suit. <laughs> We're already halfway there. Jay, give me your rating. We'll wrap up this segment, and we'll start moving along to the end here. All right. So I don't have a whole lot of comments uh, other than I'd mirror pretty much everything you guys have been saying as far as that goes. I did have a couple things. So one thing I pulled up that uh, we were talking about earlier, 
Um, EGM actually did give it the Game of the Month award. Mm-hmm. And um, the... The 3DO Game of the Month. No, EGM gave it the Game of the Month award. The game was awarded Best 3DO Game at the 1994 CES. Ah. Sorry, which month? I'm looking it up. Uh, game of the Month. I don't, I don't see Game of the Month. So... No, I just... I'm trying to see when it came out so that game of the month we can find out like what month like yeah we got to figure that out because I might have that episode that issue at home but no I do I I feel the same way as you guys do about the game I think it was fun it was the the Dana Gould stuff does get a little over the top after a while it's like all right dude shut up and just keep moving but other than that I thought it was a pretty good game It, it never grabbed on because it was on a $700 game system in 94 right 93 the game, if it would have been on a $149 game system, it'd probably be every bit as big as Sonic or Mario. I don't know who either one of those things are. Exactly. What is that? Nothing. Oh. So. Okay. Mar- Mario had a brother, Luggy. Him and they were plumbers. <laughs> they used to fix. Walugi. They used to fix. Uh, Walugi. They now. used to fix pipes. That's canon. Walugi. So. Anyway. But no, I, I mean, I can get into all the semantics, but I'm not going to. So you give it a 10.9. That's what I got down here. I gave it a five. I'm joking. A three, 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 3.0. What did Robbie give it? Nope. No take backsies. 3.0. What he gave it. Give it a higher score then. That's fine. 3.0. Too late. So Jay, why don't you tell us where you can play it today? Uh, Gog. Yep. Formerly good old games. Gog. You can play it on your PC for about six bucks. And, And honestly, there's really nowhere else. It used to be on the PlayStation store. You can play your PlayStation 1 game yep. on a PlayStation 2 or 3, but like from a console perspective, it was not on the PlayStation Classic. I couldn't really find anywhere else where it's current, and I could be wrong about that, but ultimately, GOG was really the only place I could find where you could go pick it up. It's not in the Switch store, although there's nope. a campaign, which I think the same guy who has the subreddit and runs the Discord is like, we need Gex on Switch, and somebody no. was like, well, somebody's like, we don't have to put everything on the Switch, you know? <laughs> like, why not, first of all? Who cares? But... But anyway, because someday somebody's going to try and collect that if they haven't yeah. already. And well, like they're already eight doing it. Billion games. There on are it. people out there buying two copies of every new Switch game, one to play and one to keep on the shelf because That's they're psychopaths. Ridiculous. FOMO, buddy. So. Anyway, all right. Oh, and we also, I mean, if you have a PlayStation, you can play it on the PlayStation. Well, yes. And we'll talk about the cost of it. Certainly. We, those, 3DO and. Those are all options. If yes. you have a 3DO or a Saturn or a PlayStation or PlayStation 2 or 3, backwards compatible. Yes, of course. You could play this game. This game is also re- released in Japan, and what I noticed is the the mascot on the Japanese versions much more cartoony Japanese. Like he's changed completely. Oh. So yeah, not not the same looking uh, mascot looking guy. Hmm. More Japanese cartoony, less not anime. More like uh, smooth. I don't know how else to put it. You'll have to look it up. I'm but look it up anyway. More like a he looks more like a. Smooth Nintendo 64 version of Gex, if you will. But anyway. All right, John. Well, thanks oh, for joining us, Lord, bud. he looks terrible. I told you. Uh, so I guess with that, anything else before we uh, we cut you loose and head on to our collecting segment? I, I do real quick. Sorry. Sure. Uh, one, uh, Gex Jr. was recently discovered as a playable like uh, prototype. Right. Uh, while I'm looking for this. Uh, and I'm trying to see when Gex came out. Like uh, Wikipedia, is the best source for information ever. Uh, April of April 1995, 1995, and then December of 1995. 
Well, I also saw like something that said uh, November 1994 for the initial release. So I'm not sure. That's what but it was targeted it, for, but it, it did was, not make it. Okay. So if it was April of 1995, uh, the games that came out in April, Mortal Kombat 3. So supposedly this is better than that. Uh, Easy. Jumping Flash. Uh, Super Bomberman 3. And full throttle. It's but if it came out in March, Chrono Trigger came out, and if it came out in June, uh, Earthbound came out. So, so it had to be either April or May because if they're calling it best game uh, <laughs> of the month, it's it's April. It was April. It, was it April. came out in April. But April. it's funny you mentioned that because I leafed through that October '95 Game Pro today, and man, all the ads for the games at that time were like exactly what you just said. Chrono Trigger is in there. Mortal Kombat 3 is in there. Earthbound is in there. Like, all of these are in that. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a great time for gaming. (laughs) You open up a magazine, all those are current releases you can go by. And I I would love, like, so March, you got Chrono Trigger, best game. Uh, April, let's say Mortal Kombat 3. And then May, okay, Gex. Hopefully that was in May, but it seems like April. And then Earthbound, whoever was in May totally lucked out because it looks like it's just King Arthur and the Knights of Justice and <laughs> uh, Light Crusaders. And these are notable games, so I'm sure there were more. How can you say but, like, that? The best of the month for May sucked compared to the two before and the one after. Sorry, that's all I needed to add. I think that's, that's a prudent point to make, so thank you for making it. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, and thank you for making me feel like I was validated in my comment. Well, thank all you, right. sir. Later, Jen. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, John. Bye. Retro game enthusiast, John Young. The departed, John Young. Banger. When I think banger, I think Gex credits and Mag Max. That Mag Max intro is so much better for him. Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to go a little bit into the collecting. We're going to burn through this pretty quick. Right. And then we'll do speed running, and we'll wrap up. Done. You know what we haven't done? Giving away Tetris. Shh. God, where is it? I, you dropped it, not me. Where did I put it? I don't know. In a drawer, maybe? Did I put it there? I don't know, but watch the TV behind you. Don't bump into that. I got my paper roll. So what we're going to do real quick is we're going to actually go... Let me do... Let me so when Mike's pulling this up, everybody, if you hadn't registered... You're bad. Sucks to suck. Uh, John actually donated for the for the for the show a uh, CIB uh, Famicom Tetris, which is pretty sweet looking actually. Mike and I kind of wanted to keep it. Don't want to get rid of that. Yeah, but we didn't. It's it's just cool. So, all right. So all right. So this is for Tetris Famicom. Yep. Given away again. Donated by our good friend John Young, retro game enthusiast. Part of the crew. A complete in box Famicom. Tetris. I saw none of these in Midwest Gaming Classic. We're going to spin the wheel. The wheel of names as it is. And see who wins. Ooh, there's There's sound this time. All right. Tune in and you can win prizes too with the Lost Joystick Network. Oh, oh, oh. It's not over. Remember? It's not over. I told you it wasn't over. (laughs) I told you. Valdor the Great has won. 
Tetris. I was rooting for you, buddy. But I'm telling you, dude, it's I never. Was, I was it's rooting never for who him. you think it's going to be. I was it's always for him does he, that. I was rooting for him because he registered with me. Yep. So I'm going to take a quick. Him and Matteo were the only two that didn't register with me, or that registered with me. Yeah. Well, you know. So I was kind of sad. Sucks for you. But hey, Valdor, uh, congratulations, buddy. You got a copy of Tetris Famicom CIB. I'm not sure if he's still on or not. but uh, I don't know if he is or not. Well, it was kind of weird because we lost everybody with the internet. Yeah, it dip, dropped on so. us there. So. But if he is on, if uh, not and you end up listening to the show, um, DM us your info and uh, Mike or I, probably Mike, we'll get it out to you. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll reach out and. Uh, yeah, if we don't hear from you, Mike, I'll reach out. We'll so. get it on its way, maybe with a little extra ephemera. Congratulations. Congrats so st- to Valdor the Great, a staunch supporter of the show. Thank you, sir. Woohoo. Oh, he's there he is. There. Look at that. Boom. Yep. Woo. Congratulations, awesome. buddy. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh participating. So yeah, yeah. hit Mike up with your uh, address and everything. We'll get that shipped out to you. Don't tell him what to do or her. Please. I'm not sure if it's him or her. I don't please know. Please and thank you. Uh, he, she, them, they. I don't I know. Said please and thank you. Yeah, you did. Okay. On to collecting. We'll make this brief. We're just going to talk about 3DO, PS1, and Sega Saturn. There are two versions of the 3DO game, two versions of the PS1 game, one version of the Saturn game. All the NTSCU, United States, you know, n- none of the Japanese or European releases. So 3DO came in a jewel case and a long box. The jewel case version distinctly says on it, not for resale in the jewel case. Okay. And it's very easy to tell because it also says not for resale on the disc. So you cannot mess them up, right? That loose game is 20 to $25. In the case with the back art in the manual, $35. Sealed, you can find these. This was probably one of the most popular games on the system, like I said. Yeah. Maybe like 60 bucks. It's a give or take. You, one of them sold for 20 One of them sold for 60 None of them are up for sale for that price right now, but none of them ever sold for more than that, okay? And then from a long box perspective, the loose game is about the same. CIB is like 150 so there's one for sale up right now. And again, you, if you waited, you could probably find it for cheaper. If you yeah. wanted it now, you could probably pay a little bit more. But that's about what it goes for. And uh, I do want to get this one in a long box eventually. I just happen to have that one because it's the easier one to find. And I, I grabbed it as soon as I saw it when I got back into collecting 3DO stuff. PS1, also long box and jewel case. We have the PS1 long box version here. It is the one that has the the ridged edge, like the hard plastic ridges, and they all have the same problem on the top where the glue that holds it down. Like, And you can use like tacky glue and stuff to hold this back down, and I don't think anybody would ever complain that you did that, but it's very common to see them up. If they're down, almost always somebody has glued it back down, and you just have to make sure that they didn't use like super glue or something stupid that will seep through that will cause a problem. Yeah. So I haven't done that with that one yet, but I, I might. I probably will. They're, they're very common. And, but yeah, the long box version of the PS1 game and the jewel case version are different. Okay? So the long box version has this old school, old school I would call it like a squared like logo. Like there's no, like the open logo right there. Yeah. The jewel case version is a rounded logo with a little picture of Gex behind it. So you can tell there are actually two different versions of the disc. They have the same uh, catalog number on them, but the discs are physically different. No. And this is actually the disc that goes with the long box version. So the discs are about the same regardless. I don't, I don't think most people understand that there is a disc variant and that, the, you know, there are two different versions. It's like 10 bucks loose. Long box version, $40 in average condition. Jewel case, like 25 
And then sealed, I only found one sealed one for sale on eBay, and it was not in great shape, and they wanted 800 bucks, which I did not think was a very good deal, considering what I found out later, and we'll talk about in the graded part. Saturn, you're paying the Saturn tax as always. Saturn is always more expensive. 30 bucks for this game loose. It only came in, like, you know, Saturn games only came in the big long jewel cases. 70 bucks complete. And then a sealed one, I think, is like 350 I saw on eBay. Sounds pretty. It's not out of bounds, but no. yeah. So if you really want a sealed Gex, you can find one. Please don't buy them loose. Don't buy Yeah, don't them. buy loose optical. If you honestly, get them in a collection and you sell them, fine. Yeah, honestly, the only thing that you should get loose would be a cartridge. So like yes. Genesis, Masters. But even, even Genesis, those, I won't buy. The case. Genesis, like if, it's, if it came in a cardboard box, I'm, I'm cool with it. If it came in a plastic box, you should have. You but should if it have came it. in a plastic box, buy it. If yes. you want to collect loose Genesis cards, I get it. They're expensive now. So who's, who am I to begrudge people? But yeah. I, I'm, I'm past that now. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it would have to be something very hard to find. All right. So graded. There were only four instances of this game that had been graded that had sold. I looked on eBay. didn't see any. I looked on eBay history. also didn't see any. And then I looked in Heritage Auctions, which is where this information all comes from. So this is all based off of grade and price ascending, okay? okay? So June 21st last, or June 22nd of last year, a jewel case version of the PlayStation 1 game sold at an 8.0 grade, a seal, $156. Okay, so that's, that's, that's about what I would expect, okay? It's not a hard game to find, and that is not a good condition grade. The yeah. higher the grade, the, the, the more cost-sensitive you know, it's going to become. April 5th of last year, a jewel case version in a 9.6B, much higher grade, lower seal, but higher grade, $1,020. Okay, so a huge jump to go from an 8.0 to a 9.6. Yeah. PS1 long box, November 20th of 2020, so 11-20-2020. 9.0A, PS1 long box, which is the only example that I had seen that had been graded of a long box like this right here, yeah. $1,320. Now, remember I told you we saw that one that was 800 it's going to cost you like $150 to get it graded. So that's $9.50. Plus, you got to insure it, get it shipped back to you. And there's no way the one that's for sale on, on eBay is even close to a 9.0A. It was, it, was it was trashed. It was probably a 6.5 to 7B, maybe, type thing. And I'm not, like, I'm not a grading aficionado, but when you look at it, it's pretty easy to tell. Well, you know, of course, I have to look. Go look. Yeah. And then it, just look up Gex PlayStation Sealed, and you'll find it. PS1, Jewel Case. July 11th, 2021, 9.8A, one of the highest grades you can actually get, $1,560. So the most expensive version of this game that's ever sold is the jewel case version. I would have thought it would have been the long box, but there just aren't that many in good condition. You see what I'm seeing? It's it, shit Yeah, condition. it's ripped up pretty good. So. so that's collecting in a nutshell. This game is not difficult to find. It is not expensive. I would highly suggest playing it. I would suggest playing it on a 3DO if you can. Uh, or through a 3DO emulator or whatever it is. And the, the 3DO controller is uh, definitely capable, very good for playing this game. But it is good on the PlayStation and Saturn as well, although I do I do perceive them personally as inferior ports myself. So, Jay, why don't you tell us a little about the speed running of this game? I will. And I, when I say Man, little... This is in crappy condition. I, I know I told you. My Vegas Slots is in better condition Oh, yeah. Than this. Easy. Yeah. It's worth 47 48 bucks. easy. Yeah. Anyway. God, that's terrible. So, okay. yeah. So... Speed running. So total, there was nine runners did 33 total runs, which was kind of impressive. I mean, that was better than uh, our type. Was it our type? No. What game was it? We only had like two people on it. What? What? We had like, it was, uh, it wasn't our type. It was the episode. What did we do before that? Before our type? We did the bad games episode. 
Maybe it was our type then. Was that the one we were talking? Yeah, it was our type. They only had two people that had finished it for the run. There was only two speedrunners on it. Remember, because we were talking, we could just do any percent, but we couldn't beat it. We couldn't beat it. Yes, yeah. you're right. So, so that's impressive. There was nine nine runners, thirty three runs. So, as far as run type, though, we had any percent and hundred percent. The only speed runs that are recorded on here were for PC and for PS2. Right. Basically, what I did was I took the fastest any and hundred percent for the PC, and the fastest any and hundred percent for, for any PS. console. Okay. And this was these were the fastest. And the ones. PS2 was the fastest on console wise. Yes. So any percent on the PC was done by Lucidus. It was thirty four minutes and ten seconds. And that was how long ago? Uh, two years ago. Yep. And then we've got a hundred percent, and that was on PC as well. That one was Ice Dragon Chaos. And it was 57 minutes and nine seconds. And that one was done seven years ago. So an interesting thing that I noticed when I looked at this was Lucidus or Lucidius or Luc- whatever it is, Lucidus, no longer has an active profile on speedrun.com. The run, which you can usually click a, li- click a link to it from the website, yeah. was dead. And I also found it interesting that that was really kind of the only thing that he was not involved in the other versions of this. And... Ice Dragon Chaos was the second place runner and was not like a minute and 45 seconds behind him and had done that seven years ago as well. So the point here is the game doesn't get run a whole lot. And I'm no. not really sure what happened with Lucidus or the run. It's still there. So I'm not sure if it will always be there. But anyway, it is the current fastest. Anybody's finished it. And also anybody's finished it on PC at any percentage. So. And maybe that person just got out of it. Who knows? What but why? Happens. I guess what I always wonder is, why would you remove the run from speedrun.com? That's not up to you anymore. Once it's posted there, yeah. right? Maybe the channel is no longer valid. And then why would you remove your profile, which also is not really up? I don't think you can delete your profile. I don't know, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor there. Well, tell me about the, the console ones. So on the console ones, again, we only had, so you took the top two out of the consoles, which conveniently were PS2. Yes. So as far as any percent, same as the first one, that was done by Crash. It was the person's name. And they did it 41 minutes and eight seconds. And that one, ironically, was two years ago. So both any percents were PC and PS2 were yeah. both two years ago. Yeah. And then we've got the 100% for the PS2, which again was Crash, one hour, six minutes and three seconds. And that one was done three years ago. The most interesting thing that I found from any of the speedrunning information, of which there was not much, nobody has a, a completed run for 3DO. So if you could finish this game, you could be the fastest speedrunner to complete Gex on the 3DO if you wanted to be. I think for us that falls back to the R-Type. I think this one is more att- attainable than R-Type was for us. I was, I was making good progress. I got to like the third of five worlds finally. I had to get past one level in that first world, and once I did, it was no problem. You started scooting along? Yep. So anyway. Well, maybe we should do it. Maybe we should. So. I say you do it. Oh, God. <laughs> I do have to add this. So my son, who was on earlier, messaged me and said, he was just a little confused. He didn't know what was going on. He said, tell him I found a door game at the Midwest Gaming Classic and why. Now, I don't remember why. Okay. I know he's in the door right now. My yeah, son yeah. loves all that kind of stuff. So he just wanted me to make sure that I said, Connor got... Adora game at Midwest Gaming Classic. And I'll I'll follow up with him as to why. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. Is that what he got it from Milwaukee Retro Gamer? No, he got a SpongeBob game from Milwaukee Retro oh, Gamer okay. from Kaylin. So but that I maybe he did the day before, I don't remember. Okay. He was running around. They were honestly, it was great because they could just run around and do whatever they wanted. I didn't have to feel like I had to stand with them, watch them. We could all work independent and then meet back up at times. Yeah. So it was it was pretty great. But did that maybe tie into the you know the globe thing? 
that nope. he got. From, I didn't know maybe if that was like the cool replacement nope. for that. Okay. Good good I give, thought. I give up then. Good thought. I give up. So what are we talking about next? <laughs> we don't have an answer. Gex two. Enter the gecko. Gex two electric boogaloo. Electric gexaloo. Electric gexaloo. Why no. do we use electric boogaloo on every it has to be sequel? That's to the everything? that's the that's that or the revenge. It's <laughs> true. First so. Blood Part Two. So Electric Rambaloo. I don't think we'll have a definitive answer on this right now because we've had a little bit. We've really enjoyed having guests on, and yes. we haven't nailed down. We've got a handful of people that we want to bring on. Yep, all secrets. Yep, but we want to actually f- identify who that who we're going to put on. I think the next episode we're going to have a guest, and of course, when we have guests, they pick out the uh, they pick out the game. So okay. they get to pick yeah. what game we play. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I think at this point, um, we'll have, of course, we're going to have the episode posted up in a couple of days. So once we get it posted up and we we have it on social media, I think we, we should probably have an answer on at least who's going to be on the next episode. If we can get someone to commit to being on. Yeah. No problem. We'll post it. If not, we'll pick a game and we'll post what that is. We got somebody. We, I, we got somebody I think will commit. We'll see. I think somebody will commit. Maybe. We'll talk about it later. I don't know if I want them or not. Well. Stuff. Stop looking at me like that. Well, I'm going to look at you like that. But why would you do that? I don't know. It's making me uncomfortable. I hope so. I, f- I feel like you're, like, I feel like I'm being actually harassed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I quit. I quit. This is my last episode, everybody. <laughs> John says, in Poland, Dora speaks Polish and teaches kids English. So when I was there, a friend's kid said, I talk like Dora. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you had a map the map he's the map you know who's you know who's the nuts on that show swiper what a badass swiper just comes shows up takes what he wants and leaves although he is easily thwarted he's almost like the debo of except for he has one he has one now he has one glaring weakness and all you have to do is tell him not to do it and he won't yeah it's true oh man anyway all right tell us a little bit about so we don't have an answer for the next episode where can the people listening to us now find us they can find us on uh, we have a link tree i'm not doing it tonight i don't know what it is we i'm just not if people have listened to previous episodes they'll know what if and if not i encourage you to listen to the previous episodes what is how do you, how would you articulate a link tree if you were to tell people the, the actual no, url no how would you do it no it's link tree forward slash lost joystick i'm not doing it god okay. damn it i gotta do it <laughs> it's linkter.e E <laughs> lost forward slash forward slash lost joystick. <laughs> and where else can people find us? Uh, social media, of course. I mean, you can do the link tree and you can find all that. You can there. do the link tree. But uh, social media, of course, lost joystick at Instagram and Twitter. And we also have lost joystick network on Facebook and Twitch. And our email info at lost joystick network dot Come. These are all correct. You've, of all the things you've done tonight, you did that the best. I'm, I, I got that one nailed down. Yep. No, I concur. So, I, uh, yeah. All in all, I think another place they can find us is every other week right here. Yes. On Twitch, on Facebook Live, or whatever the fuck they call it, on YouTube streaming, whatever they call that, YouTube Live. I don't know. But we're on all three of those every other Thursday night talking about old games that are not as old as us. I think we might need a Discord. Yeah, maybe someday. I'm not quite there yet. 
I, I have a hard enough time posting stuff on Instagram. And I like doing that. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't read other people's discords. <laughs> I don't want to have to read one myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I get on uh, I get on Collector's Quest quite a bit. Those guys are Brag much. <laughs> just, uh, just name dropping, you know, Johnny yeah. and Tyler. Yeah. Johnny Iucci. Johnny underscore Iucci. Yeah. Default Jen, default J E N. J E N. Tyler. Yeah, no. Anyway, so guys. anything else? I don't think so. We're gonna have we'll have we'll have we'll have the next episode you, idea in the next couple. You gotta weeks. go next year to Midwest Gaming Classic. You gotta go. Make make plans. Done. I'll go. All right. If we're getting if we're getting uh shiny jackets, I'm definitely in. <laughs> Look, if I can get my hands on some shiny jackets, I'm buying fifteen of them and I'm gonna start recruiting people. We're gonna have a gang. So me, you and John and Robbie, of course, are in it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we got, we got, it's something like a four man gang. We need an LJN gang sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as one they use at the Pride Parade, I think. Mm, Probably not the same one. No. Same rainbow. Maybe it's not the same rainbow. Either. So, anyway. well, congratulations again to Valdor. We'll yep. get this Tetris out to him. Congrats, Valdor. I'll be in touch. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in the live stream. Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. If you get a minute, please go out and rate us on iTunes or wherever your podcast aggregator of choice may allow you to rate us. It means a lot to us. So with that, go out there, have fun, be safe, and be excellent to each other. <laughs>